Hello and welcome to On The Esky, a sports podcast that is still in lockdown. We're going to continue our lockdown series, at least for probably the next month, as we deal with the dreaded Coco. Uh, as always, though, I've got the two boys back for me, Peps and Monks. We're going to talk about all the major sports uh, news that's been happening. Of course, there's been cricket news, big cricket news, especially in India versus England. Then we're going to have a look at the NRL finals continuing and uh, have a quick look at the AFL finals as it goes into the grand final next week. Uh, big first round of the NFLs in the books, and we'll preview week two. The EPL's kicked off. Uh, Ronaldo's uh, already back, and United look like they've got their mojo. And we'll finish off the final round with some boxing, UFC news, some F1, and, of course, tennis. I think that'll probably get us st- underway. As always, though, if... Uh, you don't like the sports we're talking about. There is timestamps. Jump into those. Uh, we can skip ahead. Uh, but also um, give us a subscribe, give us a like, and check us out on the Instagram as well. With that, Pabby, do you want to kick us off with a shout of beer? Yeah, mate. I would love to shout uh, Sheriff Tiraspol uh, a beer here. Big name club. I'm sure everyone's familiar with them. Uh, they're actually from Moldova, the, the footballing powerhouse that is Moldova. It's uh, the first ever Moldovan side to play in the uh, in the Champions League. And guess what? They're, they're one win, zero draws, zero losses. They're 100%. They had a win at home against Shakhtar Donetsk, a normally pretty good Ukrainian side. Uh, it did cost me a multi, but I'm not going to hold that uh, too much against them. Um, so, so currently in Group D in the Champions League, uh, there's some little clubs, I don't know if you've heard of them, uh, Real Madrid and um, and Internazionale. Uh, yeah, very small clubs. And uh, the powerhouse sheriff uh, is on. So I'm shouting them a beer, the Moldovans. Uh, look, I hate to stereotype, but uh, I'm sure the Eastern European uh, don't mind getting around a little bit of uh, the, the grog after a win. So shout out to you. Go sheriffs. Oh, definitely, big time. I'll be interested to see if they can get out of that group. Monks, who are you shouting a beer out to? Yeah, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it quick this week. I am going to shout Lando Norris a beer. Um, coming second in the F1 last weekend, uh, which we'll cover later on. I would shout Danny Rick a beer, but he's probably had a few too many already. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna shout Lando Norris a beer for he probably needs to um, wash the taste out of his mouth. Um, don't know if that's sacrilege saying that as an Aussie, but he had his first experience of a shoey, um, drank uh, some champagne out of Danny Rick's shoe uh, up on the podium there. So uh, I'm going to shout Lando Norris a beer this week um, to, yeah, wash that experience out. <laughs> yes, definitely. And absolute scenes for McLaren this week, and we'll talk more about mm-hmm. that when we get into F1. That leaves me with my shout of beer, and I want to shout a beer out to all those re- returning NRL, not NRL, NFL stars um, that are coming back from injuries into uh, week one. The likes of like Von Miller, uh, Saquon Barkley, CMC, all coming back, all contributing to their clubs. Uh, it's great to see some of the biggest names coming back from the you know, devastating injuries to end last season. Um and then performing uh, to kick off the year. So it'd be really interesting to see how the rest of the season goes uh, with these guys coming back and the, you know, the comeback player of the year awards are going to be hotly contested. I think this year. Definitely. Hopefully yeah, they all keep healthy. Candidates, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. 
So with that, I think we go into the cricket, and I'm going to throw it to you in a minute, Peps, but we talked it up, and unfortunately we've been blue balls like any man in a marriage will know about. Um, <laughs> it doesn't have to be just a marriage. Run us through what happened with India versus England, Peppy. Yeah, well, two hours before the scheduled uh, start of play in the fifth test, and the match got abandoned, it, it seems at the moment, although we'll get into uh, the exact nitty-gritty of that in just a sec, uh, due to some COVID concerns, uh, apparently there was a Ravi Shastri book launch a few days beforehand, and a lot of the players had attended that, and uh, it turns out a physio and another staff member picked up the dreaded Coco, those dirty physios, uh, just going around, getting their mitts on everyone. Um, and the Indians were uh, a little bit concerned uh, that this might have been, uh, been transmitted amongst the team. And uh, and it went to the, the final hour, the the, not the ninth hour, and they, they pulled the pin. Um, so a really disappointing finish uh, to what was shaping up to be a, a, an excellent fifth test uh, now, the question remains, uh, is it a forfeit for India or is it a match abandoned? We're not quite sure. There's a lot of uh, sort of things to do financially and with insurance that I don't quite understand right now. But essentially, it's the BCCI and the ECB arguing over uh, who's at fault here. We don't quite have an answer just yet. So as it stands, it's an abandoned game with India winning the series 2-1. Uh, but that's not official yet with an ongoing investigation. And, um, yeah, th- there is some talk that maybe they might even push this uh, this decider um, back to, to 2022. India is meant to be over over there for a white ball series. And, um, and yeah, we'll sort it out from there. And I need to turn that, uh, <laughs> that notification <laughs> off uh, just as, a, as we go through there. But, yeah, very, very unusual circumstances uh, in, in this world that we live in. Mm. Yeah, well, we'll just mentioned NFL before, and they've kind of got the rule that if your team gets the COVID and then causes a match to be missed, then you're, you have forfeited. So in this case, you could say that India had forfeited and then potentially uh, it's a drawn te- it's drawn series. Um, it'd be interesting what happens here. And there was also the, the, the worry that you've got your big Indian stars and the IPL is going to kick off this weekend. Um, and if they're going to come back and be a part of that, hey, you don't want them then spraying into the IPL and the IPL gets missed out again. Um, so I, I can see yeah. why big concerns uh, from the BCCI. Uh, but, you know, we've got a packed schedule now for the rest of the year, essentially for – um, for India and England, you're not going to find fit in a uh, any room there to fit in a, another test for these guys. So yeah, it looks looking likely if they're going to complete this series, it'll be next year, or they'll make some decision. Um, and yeah, we'll get some unfortunate, unsatisfying result. Yeah, look, it's it's not that much of a stretch to be a conspiracy, is it? With the big money in the IPL. Uh, and the Indian, uh, you know, cricket board just saying, well, look, we, we've got a, a close contact uh, in, in a physio, um, you know, as close a contact as, as you can get, I guess, um, and saying, you know, we need to look after the, the players and the fact that the IPL is coming up. Um, so whether or not that had something to do with it, who knows? But a, a really um, disappointing finish to to what had been an excellent series. Yep. 
Yeah. Mm. Anticlimactic, if you will. Yes, definitely. Very much so, yeah. Yeah. It does provide an excellent segue for us, though, because the IPL does resume on this weekend. So speaking yep. of which. Um, yeah, Sunday um, comes back. It seems like forever, um, you know, since uh, we were talking about the, the Indian Premier League. I was just thinking, boys, maybe we just all need to go for the Delhi Capitals. We all <laughs> we all picked teams before uh, before the series started, but uh, the Delhi Capitals reached out and uh, we're lucky to talk to some people from them. Um, but... Yeah, it seems you know like like it, it's going to be uh, that the, those top teams in in RCB, Delhi Capitals going at it. Uh, who who can who can push them? Mumbai Indians always very strong. Outside of them, you probably don't see anyone winning it. But uh, we, we also do talk about the the depth of the Indian Premier League on their night. Any team can win. I was interested to get your thoughts, perhaps because also was it? I think it's been four. Months, five months, maybe since. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. Since about uh, early April, was it? Yeah, early April, just into yeah. May. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's Yeah, that was put on hold. So we are restarting it. Um, of all the international players coming back. No, not all the international players are coming back. Uh, a lot are. A lot are, but not everyone. Uh, I, to be honest, I've been so enthralled. Uh, you know, with the NFL starting and the the footy uh, finals over here in Australia, and uh, having to do a little bit of physio study myself, um, <laughs> that that I haven't haven't really got up to speed with all the ins and outs of uh, of who is coming back. Uh, but look, we, we've got games uh, happening on Sunday, so we'll be able to check those squads and see uh, who is who is returning. The 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 bulk of the big name guys are going back, and uh-huh. let, let 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 me tell you this. If you're on $2 million, you're probably more likely to go finish your contract than a guy that was on a hundred grand. So you're Matt, saying Steve Smith might not be going back? I'm just, I'm just speculating that possibly the number of zeros at the end of the contract uh, is correlated with you returning to the competition. It's right. just speculation. So my point was going to be uh, with the restart of the series and with potentially uh, missing of core guys within teams, that it could be a a whole new season. Well, the guys, are, the teams that had been doing really well might just fall off. But like we said, India's depth uh, for players in, in cricket, um, they can definitely find good quality to fill in for those um, guys that potentially could miss. So you'd think with the teams they've got, maybe the status quo stays the same. Maybe it changes up a little bit. It'd be interesting to see. That's why we're interested to watch how those games when they kick off. Yeah, for sure. And and we often get fixated with the big international players. Obviously, you can only have a certain amount in your team in the IPL, but you can't take away from, from the India depth. And we, we've seen guys like, a you know, a Surya Kumar Yadav um, or uh, uh, a Sandhu Samson, uh, for example, guys that have barely even played for India that are just staples in the IPL. Uh, so you can't take away from from the depth of the of the Indian talent pool. But looking forward to it getting back underway. It's more cricket, baby. So let's go. And to finish off uh, Indian cricket news, uh, I think Kohli today actually came out and said uh, after the T20 World Cup, he's going to stand down from being the captain. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to still play in the side, but the idea being he's trying to reset his focus. He's um, family man now. Uh, and yeah, travel, et cetera, um, the, the requirement for him as captain, you know, is is draining, especially across all three formats. 
So potentially stepping down from that. I think he probably still plays in the side, but with less emphasis on having to do all the media, having to do all the you know the team stuff. Um, he can just be there as a player, as a as a batsman. Yeah, rumours are that Rohit Sharma will uh, will take the captaincy. That's not that's not official, but it's just what's being speculated. Uh, it, it is a little unusual, I thought, uh, given that Virat is is one of the best T20 players of all time, one of the few guys that averages 50 in, in T20 cricket, which is pretty hard to wrap your mind around. But <laughs> we like to harp on it uh, on the Esky. Doesn't have an international ton for for close to two years, and maybe he's um, wanting to to put his focus back into uh, you know into Test cricket and um, and and the ODI uh, World Cup that'll be coming up. Um, you know, in in a couple of years, and uh, look, we we always speak about uh, the depth of of India, especially in in white ball cricket. Um, mm. Even if he does step away full time, obviously it's a it's a big loss. Uh, but you've you've just got you know five blokes that are, that would be putting their hand up to to take a top order role there uh, that would be able to step in. But but massive news, massive news. Yeah. I think early reports are that he said he will still continue to be available for selection. Um, but, yeah, I suppose that's all just short-term sort of stuff. I don't know what the long-term plan is would be. And you often see that trajectory, um, you know, when he's not that old, but when guys start mm. wrapping up towards the end of their career, they, te- they tend to step away from, from the T20 internationals first and then the ODIs and then the tests. And then right at the very end, they they, send, they tend to go away from the big money tournaments, uh, you know, the the T20 um, IPL or, or Big Bash uh, down here. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, Peppy, what's happening elsewhere in the cricket world? What's what are the Saffirs up to? The, the Saffirs destroyed Sri Lanka. Uh, we we have spoken a bit about it this year. Uh, the, the Sri Lankans actually had them uh, in the ODIs, which was which was good to see. Uh, but they didn't offer much here, and it was all Quinton de Kock, one, one of uh, my my favourite uh, uh, cricketers, probably right up there with Nirishan Dick Weller, um, in, in in terms of uh, uh, the the appeal on their name, at least. Uh, he was unreal in this series. He only got dismissed once. Uh, he two fifties and a, I think a high thirty. Um, so he he was steering the the Saffirs with the bat. And uh, it's a really challenging time for Sri Lankan cricket. We have mentioned in the uh, in the World Cup coming up, they do have to play a few minnow nations just to to get into the the regular games. Uh, I fancy them to do that in the in the World Cup, uh, but not much more than that. Uh, hard times to be a Sri Lankan cricket fan. I think the the best look. It's sad news in the fact that uh, it's an injury and it's quite serious for uh, Australian Test Captain Tim Payne. Uh, he had to have surgery on a bulging disc, a bulging disc in his neck. Um, but it did spawn one of the funniest videos to come out of this week uh, with ABC newsreader Tony Armstrong. Unfortunately, a little Freudian slip. He had something else on his mind, and uh, and he spoke about. Tim Payne's bulging dick, um, and that's been doing the rounds. Quite funny. Uh, he realised straight. He realised straight away, which was good, and, and wore it. And then, and then Tim Payne coming back on Twitter and saying true story. Actually, so I don't know what to make of that. Tim Payne's claiming that his dick is bulging. Yeah, uh, well, 
he was probably looking forward to that India versus England game as well and just didn't get a finish. So, yeah. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Watch out, Mrs. Payne, because uh, apparently oh, Tim's got a big bulger just waiting to go. <laughs> uh, but in, in all seriousness, and if you haven't seen that, check that out. Just uh, type in ABC newsreader Tim Payne. Uh, it's quite funny. Um, but in, in in all seriousness, this is this is big surgery. Bulging discs uh, are nothing to to laugh about unless it's a bulging dick. Um, and and it does make you wonder with the ashes only three months away, how how will he recover from this? And could Cricket Australia be going? Oh wait, this is a perfect opportunity to say thank you, Tim. Thank you for your service after Sandpaper Gate and getting us through this rough time. We appreciate your services. Uh, but uh, we're going with someone else. I wonder how how it pans out. A lot of it will be based on his recovery, uh, but it just the, the mind tends to wonder and think, oh, you know, could 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 this be the last we see of Tim Payne? Mm. So yeah, I think as you mentioned, it probably depends on what the surgery is, whether it's just relief or you know, worst case, fusing of discs. You wouldn't have think that for him at that age, but. Uh, you never know, chronic injury of some description. I think the timing is yeah. kind of interesting as well because I don't think he's played cricket in many months. So whether he's starting to level, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So why this wasn't done a while ago, trying to give him extra prep. So three months are still, you know, twelve weeks away. Still plenty of time, uh, recovery-wise. You'd think to get into um, getting ready for the Ashes, but like you say, he is definitely getting older. He is on the hot seat a little bit depending on what happens in those Ashes series but yeah like you say short lease could be on the move they got Paddy Cummins in the waiting in the wings if not Stephen Smith um, or or my favorite the loose bus change uh, they've, they've got some options as a potential replacement as a captain uh, if Tim Payne does get shafted uh, and as a yeah, shafted. Well, I, I was going down that same stupid, uh, that same trajectory and thinking I'm big fans of all of those cricketers and wouldn't mind seeing their bulging dicks either uh, <laughs> coming back in and being the Australian uh, test captain. Uh, but but all seriousness, wishing uh, Tim Payne all the best with his recovery. And, yeah, it does, it does uh, throw a bit of a can of worms uh, into the mix into who will be the Australian test captain come uh, the first test of the Ashes. Definitely. Yep. Well, I just got yeah. to hear that um, heading into, I guess, the surgery and all that sort of stuff, um, Tim Payne talked to a couple of, uh, talked to Matt Rogers, uh, mm. who had a similar sort of surgery in his playing career. Uh, apparently, Rogers was back playing in the NRL after six weeks of the surgery um, yeah. for very similar issues. So, and, and time frames are. Contact sport, uh, you know, high impact. Uh, so, so maybe. Yeah. We're looking into this a little bit too much, and 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 it's only six to eight weeks, and and uh, and Tim Payne's ready to go. Yeah, exactly. It could just be a clean up. They're just going in there, relieve some pressure, clean it up, and then away they go. And three, three orthopedic surgeons here in our wisdom, obviously. Yeah, definitely. On the uh, medical advice with on the esky, um, <laughs> it's probably better than some of the stuff that you Google medical advice. At least ours don't always end in cancer. Um, <laughs> I think that's enough uh, talking about. Uh, bulging discs. Let's talk about some NRL. And essentially, this, this might give Peps a bulging disc. Uh, Manly versus uh, Roosters has kicked off. Uh, if you had to pick a first try scorer, who would you pick, Peppy? Uh, Tom Trebojevic. 
Tom Travoyer, it's first try scorer. Um, Manly Let's go. For we got that. him for the punters club, so the group chat will be going off. That's excellent. Uh, nice. We need him into Nature Strip tomorrow in the Group One racing. So how good is that? Uh, yeah. Thomas Turbo, good on you, mate. Yeah, so kick to come, uh, six, five minutes, just over five minutes gone, Manly in front, uh, kick from sideline. I'll let you know if he kicks that. But let's talk about some NRL news, uh, and it's been the week of sackings, and I think it's a lot of clubs uh, with, let's say, good enough excuses to get rid of contracts of guys that probably have money, a little bit higher money, and they want to clear some space for other guys coming through. Um, we start with Josh Dugan. He was the first one sacked uh, he, over his COVID breaches. Um, he did two or three, I think, at least two. I know he, he doubled up, um, but they, he was on decent money and he had been you know, injured a lot and probably underperforming for what they were paying for him. Definitely, yeah. He did an easy out for the Sharkies to get rid of him. Uh, so he has actually also re- announced his retirement. You know, He said his body is broken down. He did play 215 NRL games for the Raiders, Dragons, and Shuckies. He did play 12 Origin games and 12 games for Australia. What are your thoughts on that, Peppy, as they did kick that goal to? Six nothing to Manly. Yeah, sacking is an interesting term here because he was off contract as it was, and it was pretty public knowledge that he wasn't getting renewed here. Uh, so what, whether there was any kind of other financial, uh, you know, ends that needed to be tied up here, if, if Cronulla even saved themselves any money here. Um, yeah, but, I think I had rumours it was like 100K is all they were saying. Okay. Yeah. Well, look, nothing to sneeze yeah, at, right. but in, yeah. in the terms of a, of the whole team salary cap, you know, not not that much. Um, I th- the thing I wanted to touch on was was Duke's career. Uh, you know, people tend to forget he was an electrifying player and uh, and and part you know as as you did mention uh, of uh, New South Wales um, you know Origin winning sides played for Australia and those early years especially um, at Canberra just a, an electrifying bloke grew up just down the road from us uh, so I just wanted to commend him on an excellent career um, and and yeah you can you could definitely tell uh, the last few years his body was beat up you know you get you know yeah yeah your keyboard warriors liking to get stuck in dog oh he's always injured josh dugan he's made of glass etc etc pretty fucking tough sport to play uh and you, you could you could tell that it, they signed him on that big contract because he was at the peak of his powers and he was he just dropped off physically um so so wishing him all the best with his retirement and uh, hopefully these restrictions get lifted soon and he can go for uh, some some uh, fully sanctioned travel shortly. <laughs> yeah. It does raise an interesting question about those longer-term deals, those 10-year deals, because you look at a guy like Dugan, you get maybe you get three or four good years out of him and then his body's spent, uh, especially when they some of those those conversations are about front rowers, uh, the guys that do the most uh, contacts. But, hey, maybe take the it's risk-reward, I guess, in that scenario. And Dukes, uh, not to his disservice, but his body type, he's not a um, like man mountain. He's a uh, you know, tall, slender, um, finesse kind of player. And, yeah, they, they're the kind of players that um, do wear out towards the end of their careers just because of the wear and tear on their bodies for playing 200-plus NRL games. Yeah, it's it's a brutal, violent combat sport, uh, or contact sport, I should say, 
Uh, and I agree 100% with you. These these 10-year deals that are getting thrown around, even seven years, uh, they just they just seem a bit crazy to me. Um, you know, where Especially you in this sport. Yeah, where you, where you can see a guy like Josh Dugan, you know, considerable uh, drop-off from, from where he was a few years ago. Uh, but, yeah, like I said, all the best to Dugs in his retirement. There was a few other clubs that were swinging the axe. Um, Adam, Adam Elliott um, officially uh, torn um, – his contract got torn up with the Bulldogs a month after that, uh, that toilet uh, kissing incident um, up there. Uh, in in uh, in southeast Queensland, you got to think the dogs here. Now this one, if there was salary cap um, implications, it kind of makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. with, with the likes of Burton and the Fox and Vaughan and um, Tavita Pangai Jr. all coming across next season. Uh, plus, so- Gu- plus Gus taking over the club too, wanting to probably you know clean house a little bit because the yeah. second one was Lock and Lewis as well, who uh-huh. did Speakergate was also oh, from the Bulldogs. Speakergate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This this one that was the reason I got rid of him. <laughs> you know what this one is with Lachlan Lewis? This is uh, it's muck up day. You've played a prank, and yeah. then they've gone. Hey, guess what? Fuck, we you're not graduating over what you just <laughs> over just you know was an innocent innocuous prank. Uh, but yeah, yeah, tore up tore up his contract. Uh, whether or not they were thinking of doing that anyway, and they've just used that as as the reason. Yeah, I think that's the reason. Hard, you know. hard to tell. Um, Adam Elliott. Adam Elliott's a pretty handy back rower. A, a club will pick him up. I've heard West Tigers are interested in his services, and Lachlan Lewis, unsure, unsure. I think Super League is maybe where he he might end up. Yeah, I think Adam Elliott was on six hundred plus, and then Lachlan Lewis, I think it was three three forty. And if I'm the Bulldogs, it sounds like get out of free jail cards here. So they've just gone. Uh, we can get nine hundred k back and see see you later. Um, so, yeah, they've been a bit ruthless there um, as Manly score again. Really? Try assist to Tommy Turbo. Kieran over, goes over. Uh, turn up and kick to come. They'll be 12 in front. Roosters started pretty poorly. The restart of the last try, they kicked it out on the full. So uh, That never helps. Yeah, this could be uh, Manly putting the Roosters to the sword if they continue this. Tommy looks so da- dangerous. Um. Final kind of little bits of news. Uh, the NRL did move the preliminary final uh, next Saturday to not clash with the AFL grand final. Makes sense, especially uh, I think Melbourne's playing in that game, aren't they? Or potentially. That's, I think that's why they moved it. Uh, you know, Don't want to fuck with Melbourne fans. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. They're, they're, they're fickle at best, let's be honest. Um, so, so the right move, and especially the right move for guys like us who kind of appreciate both codes, uh, I think, you know, back in the day, there used to be a lot of, oh, you know, AFL, that's aerial ping pong from, from the league fans. And then, you know, the AFL boys would be like, oh, the NRL boys, they're just bloody meatheads. they got no <laughs> skill with their feet. Whereas yeah. I think these days there is a little bit more appreciation, perhaps, uh, across a, of both codes. You definitely do get the old timers that are stuck in their ways and then swing one way or the other. Um, but yeah. Yeah, and 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 I like that. It's it's good for us, uh, you know, that that we want to watch both. So the right decision there from the NRL. I think they did backflip. They they had stated that they you know they weren't going to, um, you know, they didn't care what the AFL were doing. Where it's pretty clear they obviously do. So right move there. Sp- speaking of right moves, what do you think about Billy Slater? He's uh he's been announced as the new Queensland coach. You yourself a Maroons fan? Three year deal. Do you like this? 
Yeah, well, he hasn't officially accepted yet, which is quite interesting. Uh, I think uh, Queensland Rugby League's a little bit concerned too because this ta- this deal's been on the table since Monday or early, or sorry, late last week. Um, it, to me, it kind of seems like Billy's probably doing his due diligence and going around and having a chat to people, probably putting together staff who's going to work with me. Uh, from all accounts, uh, from some of his former players, like um, his teammates, sorry, and people he's worked with in and around circles, that he's got an excellent, uh, you know, footballing mind and he could very well do this quite handily. Uh, and that they, you know, uh, the worst thing for New South Wales is Billy Slater as head coach. So, you know, some of the quotes getting thrown around. So it'd be interesting to see. Hey, if he's, if he's got any of the uh, Mal factor or Wayne Bennett kind of factor, that mystique, that's kind of what that role really is. And then you bring in a really good support staff that does all the, the nitty-gritty X's and O's. So uh, potentially, I think, you know, it could be really good. Uh, he has to accept the deal, and then we'll see what it is in a year's time after the next series, uh, whether we're progressing in the right direction. And and by all accounts, one of the best, you know, league minds in recent memory. Yeah, Everyone, yeah, exactly, exactly. It probably helps, you know, playing, you know, at, at the back of of Cronk and Smith. Um, yeah. But but the way that, that everyone talks about him is is not just his athletic ability on the field, but the reason why he'll go down as one of the, one of the best fullbacks ever is because of how he read the game and what was going on between the years. So yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a really good move for Queensland. He's young. I think the the boys will get around him, um, and we'll see we'll see what happens. He do, does still have to accept the offer. Yeah. And I, my last little bit of news before we jump into the finals review, um, I think each NRL club was given a seven mil stimulus package. And I think the NRL made over 200 mil this year, um, but for whatever reason, still can't do international games and uh, go to the Rugby League World Cup uh, <laughs> and wants to bring in an extra team to make more money. So we know where our big Dick Volanders' mind is at and uh, the Queensland government keep throwing cash at him. But it was just it was just an interesting little tidbit that came out during the week. It was like... Hey, the, the local league's all you care about and you make a bulk cash, so good for you. <laughs> well, it also goes to show how little crowds mean to them. It's, it's all TV deals, isn't it? Uh, they've been playing in regional Queensland for, for the back half of this season. We've got these finals this week in Mackay. You know, we're talking about a, a, an NRL knockout game in Rockhampton last week, and now we've got two games in Mackay. And then, yeah, like we also mentioned last week, mysteriously it goes back to Sun. <laughs> yeah. for the big one um, but well, yeah I will say the, these the, crowds the, at these the, games have been good so they've been getting some it's, decent it's, it's, it's great it's great but that you the truth the truth of it is those grounds you, you're not getting more than 10,000 in there that, that awesome. they make they, they make their money on on TV deals oh, that's that's more than a West yeah. Tigers crowd but yeah well, no, what about Cronulla? I was harping <laughs> on them all season with with, uh, with Shark Park getting redone uh, and them having to cross the bridge over and go play at the old enemy Yoki Shubilee Stadium. Mate, get get more 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 uh, bloody people to a Queen BM Blues game. Yeah, yes. But, but that's, as you said, that's rugby league at the moment. All right, let's let's talk about last week uh, quickly and run through the the games. Uh, we started off, of course, with Melbourne putting mainly to the sword um, with a 40 to 12 scoreline there. Uh, Ryan Pappenhausen kind of looks like he's back in form. Two tries, eight goals, 24 points for him. Uh, absolutely dominant. Ooh, 
Uh, and DCE has just scored a try. That will make it 16 nothing with on the post, yeah. which will be 18. Uh, I didn't catch who assisted him in that. Um, but it looks like a little dummy and he just went himself. Um, so mainly well on top there. and, and Complete change of favours. Oh, from a scrum, left foot step straight in. Uh, Roosters, pretty weak, and I would be worried at this point. That's going to yeah. be 18-0 um, with 20-odd minutes still to go in this half. You'd have yeah, to be. That's well, that's good. that's a massive turnaround because we all kind of thought that this was a bit of a danger game for Melbourne. I think everyone kind of forgot how good their season's been. You know, there's all this talk around how good Tommy Turbo is and he is lights out. But uh, it, it is a team sport and, and Melbourne is hands down the best team in the league at the moment. They did win 19 in a row. Um, and it, look, for the neutral viewer, it was a little bit disappointing to see this blow out so early. Uh, big news around Brandon Smith. Apparently, he's been cleared of a fractured uh, cheekbone with the week off. He should be good to go next week in the uh, in the preliminary final. So good news for the Cheese. Um, yeah, Mel- Melbourne, it's theirs to lose, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and I think they're they really um, uh, their game plan, and this was also excellent. They stifled Tommy Turbo. They always yeah. had two or three guys on him constantly. Whenever he touched the ball, they really rallied to take him out of the game. And, you know, that's what I've been saying all year. Manly are one, one, te- one player team. Uh, take him out of the game and, yeah, they can only score 12 points and uh, Melbourne put him to the sword. Uh, following that was probably the game of the round uh, with the Roosters taking on the Titans, finishing up 25-24. to 24. Uh, Very entertaining uh, second half for the neutral viewer like us. But we have to say the Titans did absolutely bomb this at the depth. A three-on-one, uh, the, the centre elects to go himself, as uh, most centres do, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> uh, all he needed to draw and pass, they score, they win this game. Uh, but he gets tackled uh, at the one-yard line, <laughs> you know, right, you know, foot out from the goal line. And then that's that's done. The Roosters get the win here and then look like they're going to get smoked by Manly. So... <laughs> Draw and pass. Draw and pass. Typical fucking centers. But <laughs> look, it, this one was this was the best game of of uh, of last week to watch uh, for the neutral, as you mentioned. I was edge of my seat, kind of shit. Uh, in in this one, we uh, our punters club had the Roosters to win uh, this, so we were pretty pretty invested in it. In that, uh, it turned out to be all for naught because of the next game. We'll, we'll get to that in a sec. Um, <laughs> The Roosters up against Manly right now. It seems, look, it's early. We don't want to write it off to, uh, right now, but uh, it looks like this might be the last 60 minutes uh, of the of the Chooks season right now. Going did, back to last week. Sorry. Uh, you, you, no, no, you go. You go. I was just going to mention the Roosters did lose their hooker with that um, very weak shoulder charge. Yeah. Uh, or like a head contact with the shoulder from a falling player. And then I think someone from South got very, very similar, but got let let off. So, again, I just want to bring up consistency in the NRL doesn't exist. Um, and we'll, we'll move into the next game with South taking on Penrith. Uh, so, talking of the punters club, mate. Penrith, they fuck me, multi. <laughs> uh, we had a lot riding on this game, and it was it was hard hard to, to watch, but great uh, for, for the league. Uh, a lot of people have been riding off South with Latrell Mitchell obviously getting suspended for the rest of the year. Awesome. They got drugged by Penrith uh, back in round 12 in Dubbo. 
Um, and everyone's sort of been sleeping on them. I, I know, Sean, you, you, you've you said it multiple times, no, they, they, they can't do it. Um, and, and lo and behold, they go out and win without Latrell Mitchell against Penrith. They mm. are through to a preliminary final. They have a horrible record in the prelims. This is their fourth in a row. They've lost the last three. Um, and Penrith uh, have to go tomorrow night and play uh, the Battle of the West knockout game against the Eels. Uh, what do we make of this one, boys? Well, this this South Penrith game, to, to just to finish off the point here, I think the difference in this uh, wasn't the playing that happened on the field, but what happened on the sidelines with the coaches. Uh, Wayne Bennett, I think, took Ivan to task this week. Uh, too busy uh, worrying <laughs> about blocking tactics or and not enough about game planning. Uh, just kind of showed the the master that is Wayne Bennett, and then how he can game plan and also get not only the the, the refs on his side, uh, but the popular opinion as well to kind of uh, help um, elevate his team's potential for winning. And it showed here, did it just enough to to get him across the line. And yeah, I, I give big credit, big raps to Wayne Bennett with his work during the week to get Souths into this position um, to shock the Penrith Panthers. What about the back and forth between them? Geez, they, they were at each other, and Ivan, he kind of sounded like he was whinging a bit to, to, towards the end of the, the, that back and forth. There's a weird stat around, guys. Um, if you haven't won a, a comp before you've coached, I think it's 250 games, then no, no one has done it. So Ivan's above that now. I think Brian Smith uh, famously coached a bunch of, uh, a bunch of games um, without winning the comp. Uh, so, you know, there is this question mark now around Ivan, uh, you know, he's obviously a good coach, but can he put himself, uh, you know, in the category of great and, and winning winning a comp? Um, but, yeah, Penrith got to play a knockout game tomorrow to, uh, tomorrow night and see us uh, through to another preliminary final. So then that means the last game was uh, Para taking on Newcastle. That finished up 28-20. to 20. Uh, Newcastle won and done for the second year in a row. Um, they kind of looked a bit uh, underdone anyway getting into this. But there's a bit of controversy at the end of the death here. Uh, do we think uh, drop kicks are counted uh, leading into tries? Uh, and then what about the <laughs> try as well? So what are your thoughts, boys? Not, like I, th- I think fair this should have been a penalty try had the kick been a proper kick, but it, it was pretty clear on, on they had several angles of Gutho dropping this ball and then, and then kicking it through. I'm fine with the call if it's a proper kick, but I think you have to consider yeah. both. Um, I think the Knights fans were feeling pretty, uh, you know, ripped off uh, from, from this. Monks, what did you, did you say anything you know, on socials or anything afterwards. It looked like there was a big backlash towards this one. Yeah, no, not too much. Uh, I did watch the replay a lot to to see if I could find, like, what, what the VRF, I guess, was looking at. But, yeah, he just straight up drops it cold. Like, the ball doesn't change direction from, I guess, the foot movement until after it hits the ground. Like, it looks pretty simultaneous, but, yeah, in slow-mo, which is where a lot of decisions are made, he drops it cold and then... Yeah. It's a ground yeah. yeah, And, you know, that doesn't constitute a catch um, in many sports, so I don't think it constitutes a <laughs> kick in this one. Um, and I think they changed the rule for this very reason to take drop kicks in, out of uh, general play um, yep. situations mm-hmm. as well. So, yeah, 
I also might be in the minority here with the, the penalty try. I don't think it was like 100% certain he was going to uh-huh, get okay. there first. Yep. I think 50-50 and maybe leaning slightly the way that potentially he doesn't get there because it was going to be a competitive ball. So I'm, I, I would have given – do I give a penalty in that situation? Maybe. I don't know. I think that I would have tried. Oh, I, I don't think I could definitively say he's scoring that, you know, nine or eight times out of ten. He might score at five out of ten. You know, I think it was a 50-50 ball. Well, to, it doesn't really make a difference, does it? Because it's 50-50. So if you're saying it's not a penalty try, then it has to be a professional foul. And then the the other bloke goes in the bin. You can kick the two and essentially run out the clock. So whether or not it was a penalty try, I think semantics. I think the big thing they missed was the ball hitting the ground. Yes. Yeah, I agree. And again, look, did it rob them the game? No. But it robbed them the chance. It did rob them the chance. Probably got a right to be a bit dirty if you're, um, you know, if you're a Novocastrian, if you're invested in the Newcastle Knights in this game. Uh, but Para go through, uh, and again, mm. the bum old league, we talk about it. There's no consistency. <laughs> <laughs> There's always something to talk about because, uh, you know, shit like this happens. Um, but but Para through, and, uh, and Newcastle would have had a mad Monday the next day. Yes. Uh, I just want to give an update before we talk about uh, the finals preview. Um, the Roosters have just scored. Their right winger has scored. Interesting enough, Teddy goes into a ginormous hole, probably could have scored himself. He's three on one. What does he do? Draws and pass. Draws and pass. from the Gold Coast Titans was watching Teddy uh, do that one. Uh, so is that what, 18-4 kick to come? Kick to come. Yep, yep. exactly right. Off the sideline. Well, that brings us through to our preview of of, uh, of Manly and the Chooks. Uh, obviously, we're halfway through. Hand on heart, I had Manly winning this one. I think they're pretty short priced anyway. I think the same way. I'm pretty sure I picked Manly. Um, I think we just want to yeah. put a spotlight a little bit on Sam Walker as well because in that game last week, he did kick the field goal to take them ahead, and he's really – yep. um, yeah, the game winner, he's really kind of – had a really great year. Um, the promo probably protecting him minutes wise with his usage uh, to finish off the year. I don't think he started in this. I could be wrong. Yeah, uh, at 14, and that's what makes me ask the, the question can you afford to carry a halfback on your bench for the whole game and just bring him in for the last 10 minutes? It looks like they've done the same thing tonight. They obviously paid dividends last week, they, they won the game off his boot. But, uh, yeah, it makes you wonder, uh, why not just start the bloke? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Especially a guy his size. He's not not a guy that's going to play any other role but halfback for your squad. Um, exactly. Not like a true utility, uh, you know, that you can name at 14 and if someone goes down early that can play as an outside back or as a half or as a back rower, um, you know, sort of like a Connor Watson, if you will, you know, a, a, a true utility. Uh, it's very unusual. They, they're essentially just picking three halves and just sitting Sammy and, and, and having him come down um, out of the death. But can't question it from for Robbo. Um, it, it worked out for him last week. Um, we'll see see what his uh, role is tonight as, uh, as the pod continues. Yeah, I wonder if there's uh, a bit of mystique about him, as in um... – like the club or the boys really get around him. Like yeah, my comparison would be, uh, think of, you know, Tom Brady sitting on the bench in his 50s. 
but you've got Tom Brady sitting on your bench uh, ready to come <laughs> on. I just wonder if Sam Walker kind of is that guy for the Roosters at the moment. Like, hey, he stepped up all year. We'd rather have him, even if he's on the sideline, just knowing that he's there and potentially could come on and get us the game winner, that it gives the boys a bit of extra courage to fight late into the game, uh, knowing that, hey, Sammy's going to come on and probably do us a, a solid here for 10 or 15 minutes, uh, which I think would be amazing for an 18-year-old. But yeah. I just I don't know that's, the reason why you sit him. Well, that's that's my concern with that theory is that the bloke's 18. He's got all the talent in the world, but I don't know if there's that, you know, unification of the boys to play for this guy kind of, um, you know, mentality. Mm-hmm. The, the bloke that comes to mind that, that that they have been doing that with is Benji Marshall with yep. with Souths, sitting yep. him sitting him on the bench, you got a guy that's 35, 36 that's done it all and, you know, can be that kind of mentor and maybe that kind of guy that, that blokes will, will, will play for even if he is only playing, you know, a handful of minutes. Uh, it just it just seems it just seems strange for, for mine with Sammy Walker in a in a finals game to carry him uh, you know, sitting on the bench and and, and not uh, getting fully involved. But anyways, we're not NRL coaches, I suppose. No, we're not Brent Robertson taking a reserve grade squad deep into the finals. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so the other match that's going to be played out uh, tomorrow is Penrith taking on Parramatta. Um, we've been calling them pretenders all year, the day of Grohls. Yeah. Uh, I probably was less than impressed with their performance against Newcastle. Uh, and I think Penrith are probably going to come flying off last week and want to kind of, you know, put them these guys to the sword to get them ready for the following week's game. Uh, I've picked Penrith, of course. What do you guys think in this one? Um, Penrith did smash these guys 40 to 6 two weeks ago too, I think. Yeah, very different circumstances, of course, with um, with with uh, Parramatta, Brad Arthur just resting essentially his whole side and uh, and Cleary playing a lot, of, a lot of his starters. So, you know, take that one with a grain of salt. But I tend to agree with you, Sean. I think, I think Penrith will be stinging after that loss last week. To see us, they they still see themselves as legitimate um, title contenders, um, and and they'll be out to prove it. Uh, it's again, look, it's the COVID world that we live in. It, it's a it's a battle of Western Sydney, you know, traditional rivals here in the Panthers and Eels, and it's going to happen in Mackay, uh, <laughs> a very, very unusual circumstance. Um, but uh, but look, good good for the the, the citizens of Mackay to to see this battle. Um, but I, I think the Panthers will be too strong. We do talk about the Eels being pretenders and, you know, that, that they shouldn't have their names thrown out there, you know, with your Melbournes and your Penriths and your South Sydney. However, they are the only team this year that hasn't lost to Melbourne. So I don't know. I don't know. But I agree, didn't really look that good against Newcastle last last week. Scrappy win. Penrith for mine. Monks, I'd love to hear your tip and the odds, please. Yes, please. Yeah, yeah, I think you – I definitely echo you there. Um, they just didn't look too great against Newcastle. Um, I've also gone Penrith. Uh, they are favourites at $1.30. Eels are out at $3.65 at the moment. And we've got a line of 10 and a half. Yeah. Don't um, like that line, to be honest, in, in a final. Um but uh, yeah, I, I like I like Penrith. I, I, st- I still think they they're the real deal. Little little uh, bump bump in the road last week, but um, yeah, I think they win this game. Yeah, yeah, and especially I think fifty percent of games finished thirteen plus this year. So um, yeah, 
<laughs> yeah. If anything, you're going overs, but yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't think. Just watch. Probably well, the day. Final, final, yeah. final footy is different. The the thing that I, I really, the thing that I really enjoyed about last week, obviously Melbourne and Manly was um was a blowout Friday night, but the other three games were tight. Back and forth, mm-hmm. highly contested games of rugby league, and and we talk about it all all year. You know, with expansion, do they have roomed for another team? Yeah. Possibly not. If, but I tell you what, if the games were like this all year, and you know, you could turn the telly on and watch bloody Brisbane play Canterbury, and it was a game like we saw saw on the weekend. Um, yeah, it, that that they were great games, and I hope we get the same this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we'll talk about the NFL product in a minute, but you can see the the, the difference in the, the product there. Um, just some final notes. Uh, Sammy Walker was just warming up on the sideline, so he potentially could be coming in. But Manly have just scored again um, oh. from a, a long, long-range try. Uh, no Tommy involved in this one. Uh, one of the, you know, the centres getting the job done here. So 22-4 to four with a kick to come, seven and a bit minutes to go in the first half. Um, yeah, hard to come back from that, Chooks fans. Yeah, that's probably why we're getting Sammy Walker yeah. ready and getting him in there now. Uh, <laughs> if he is the saviour, uh, we'll have to see, see how that goes. Um, how the fuck did a rugby union note get in here? <laughs> well, it was the Wallabies. The Wallabies finally won one. <laughs> and they won, and they won. Uh, so, so that in itself you'd want to talk about. And yeah. the other thing was the star of the game was the illegal immigrant, Quade Cooper, who yeah. we mentioned – a few episodes back, they were trying to bloody kick him out of the country. That, that's that's what you get for playing seventy tests with this country. You try and get, you know, someone tries to boot you. If only someone knew someone high up, you know, in the in, uh, in the immigration ranks, and bring it up and say, mate, seriously, Wade Cooper, he's a, he's a bloody legend. Uh, but they, yeah. they 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 beat the Springboks, and um, they hadn't beaten them since 2018. I think there was only the third time that they'd played since then because of the COVID era that we live in. Uh, by all accounts, uh, a, quite a close game. Uh, I didn't watch a minute. Um, you, you know, my thoughts on rugby, I think the, the uh, regular listeners probably know all our thoughts on rugby, uh, but they, they got a win over the box. Yeah. And so if just, I asked you how, where where would you actually watch this game, you probably wouldn't know how to find it. So that's probably the state of where rugby union's at at the moment. Yes. Well, it's on stand, isn't it? That it's, this wasn't on free to air, I don't think. So yeah. unless I you have a internationals are supposed to be on free to air. I was. I yeah. think it's supposed to be. I it's, didn't. Yeah. I didn't pick not. it up. Um, I don't see any fucking advertising for it. No, no. either. I'm just just going back over the the summary for the game. So the Wallabies won it off one try and seven penalty goals. Oh, a real thriller. (laughs) Another rugby thriller. Yeah. Look, you got to appreciate the athletes. Like, like being a forward in rugby union, it would be fucking hard work. Like I I get that. Uh, You could probably chuck, yeah, I reckon you could chuck me on the, on the wing in rugby union, touch a ball twice and get folded twice. And that's, that's just about all you have to do really as a, as a winger. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know where, where this sport's going. Yeah, well, if you watched an NFL game where they scored one touchdown and kicked seven field goals, what would you say? <laughs> so, I wish I had that kicker in my fantasy team because uh, that's, a, that's a pretty good goal of it. But, yeah, I don't know. Look, 
it's it's like it's for for me it's like cricket and baseball you know com- comparable I love cricket I'm very impartial to baseball you've got rugby league you've got rugby union for mine and each to their own I think rugby league is the much better product that's it Just in this that. country it's it definitely gets a lot more backing than the, the rugby union does yeah it's 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 in trouble man I was having a look at the crowds like this was up in the Gold Coast uh no restrictions I don't believe uh they they could have had a full house if they wanted to it's only 25,000 there I think um uh out at Rabina and could couldn't fill it out so yeah congrats to the congrats to the Wallabies getting a win but uh dire straits for rugby in, in Australia at the moment yeah and just before we move into the AFL, I can confirm Sam Walker into the game with five minutes to go in the first half. Got to play the rest of the game for mine. Have to, have to. Yeah. He's he's probably the rookie of the year. He's mm-hmm. only eighteen. Let him, you know, let him showcase his skills and, and see what he can do in the second half. So let's talk about AFL. Uh, we won't give a preview of the grand final because we'll do that next week as we lead into the weekend of the grand final, which will be the doggies taking on the demons. Uh, but let's talk about quickly. Well, we wanted to cover last weekend's uh, games because they gave the buy for this this weekend. Uh, but it was a bit dominating, uh, well, dominant football uh, from two teams, that being the doggies and the demons, with with blowouts. I think each game finished with at least a ten goal lead. If I remember correctly, yeah, eighty and seventy odd points were were the differences, and both done by half time. It wasn't like one team kicked ahead, you know, in the in the second half of either. It was just from the get go, uh, especially that that dogs game, that first quarter that just blew them out of the park. I think they kicked seven in the first quarter. Um, so yeah, for the for the neutral or or God forbid, if you're a Port or Geelong Cats fan, uh, very very difficult viewing last week. Try and focus on, uh, you know, some of the highlights. Uh, for mine, you know, little park park football ruckman here. Love to see big Max Gorn go out and have one of the all-time performances for a ruckman, um, let alone it being in, in a preliminary final. Uh, 19 possessions, 33 hit-outs and five sausage rolls. He was kicking them straight as an arrow. Uh, the, the captain of Melbourne uh, had an absolute captain's knock in this one. He... He nearly beat uh, Geelong himself. I think Geelong kicked six in this game, so Max was only one goal behind them. And then I tell you what, the, he's he's a regular contributor to the Esky, Joseph McGrath, Macca, the big toe ball, the big chrome dome. Uh, he was up and about uh, last Saturday with a with with the dogs thrashing Port Adelaide at home. Uh, he, uh, rumours are he can't appear tonight. I think the blood's only just returned to his head after being uh, situated in his cock for the last week. Uh, he did bulging disc. Um, bulging disc. Another so. bulging disc, yep. Yeah, another bulging disc. <laughs> him, 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 Tim Payne. Uh, yeah, a few, a few, uh, that internet meme guy. Um, yeah, a, a few bulging discs for sure. Uh, Bailey Smith. Especially for Bailey Smith, let's say, as well. Oh, so. yeah. Good hey, look. Look, I, and I argue with my wife all the time about this because she doesn't really rate the 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 Baz Lenka, but I say, oh, I'll tell you what, tell you what, if I swung it the other way, I'd, I'd you know, <laughs> I'd be I'd be sliding into into Baz's DMs. He was unreal, twenty three posies, four goals, um, and he's just turned. He's look, I don't want to just- say it, I don't want to say it, but it's I'm getting dusty feels, you know, where where just. Big game presence. Big game presence shows up in these big moments. 
a few games in the regular season you kind of thought went a little bit missing, but these these last few elimination games has just been been red hot. Yeah, um, the footy's been good, so yeah, un- unreal, unreal, for sure. For sure. We've got the Brownlow coming up on Monday. Uh, Monks, if you wouldn't mind bringing up the odds there, we can have a, a little look there. I think Marcus Bontempelli was the red-hot favourite, say, a month ago or, or even five or six weeks ago. Uh, but then that that those three losses on the trot for the Bulldogs uh, possibly uh, changed, changed the odds. I, I believe Ollie Wines and Clayton Oliver might have overtaken him. Uh, Monks, have you got them up in front of you there? Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. So Ollie Wines is favourite at three dollars twenty-five. Close behind him, Oliver is at three dollars seventy-five, and then yeah, Bontempelli's um, out at four now. Um, Which after pretty bold, considering yeah. we were looking at Bontempelli, uh, you know, four weeks out from the the end of the regular season at about two dollars fifty. So a lot can change uh, in in a month of football. Uh, the the night of nights, I'd like the Brownlow's up there. The the Dally M just doesn't compete with that. And even in the even the American sports, their their awards nights. I don't know. I think I think the Brownlow is my is my favourite awards night. Um, the the girls obviously all get dressed up. Um, a little bit different last year with with COVID and Lockie Neal, you know, presenting himself with the with with the medal. Um, but but it's right up there with one of my favourite awards nights. And and especially a year like this where there's there's legitimately three or four blokes that could win it. I'm looking forward to Monday night. And tips wise, oh, it, 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 it was it, a month ago. It was the Bond, but Ollie Wines has been spectacular. Uh, the only guy on his team that would take votes away regularly would be Travis Boak. Good bloke, uh, you'd think. Um, and then the, the Clayton Oliver, like, always has 30, always involved. He's a, he's a possession machine. But then again, you mm. kind of got to think the the influence of Petrarca and Gorn um, taking votes away, even you know even their backs like the the year that Salem's had and May and Lever might have even pinched a couple here and there, which is pretty uh, unbelievable out of out of backs. Bailey Fritch has been unbelievable. I don't. I just wonder if if there's too many demons, you know, too many mouths to feed um, at the Melbourne Football Club for Clayton Oliver to to take it out. If I had to pick gun to my head, I'll go with Ollie Wines. Yep. I think that's a pretty good and fair assessment there, Peps. Um, you've covered that pretty my thoughts as well. Uh, mm. you know, there's a plenty of guys that get uh, a lot of possessions these days. Um, you gotta do more and have a huge impact to kind of put yourself ahead to get those to get those votes. So well, well again, it's not just all about getting ball, is it? Because no one's talking about Jack McRae winning Winning the um, the the Brownlow Medal, and I think he had the most possessions ever in a, in a season. Yep. Um, so yeah, yeah, you got to do, you got to do, you got to use the footy as well as well as getting it. Uh, but yeah, night of nights, can't wait. Uh, we'll we'll probably be just as interested in, in seeing what the wags are wags are rocking up in as and uh, as uh, what what the actual uh, the the scoring and the voting turns out. Uh, but yeah, I, I really like the That's ground it. low, and, yeah. and it's a good reason to stay up a bit late on a Monday night, and uh, you know, just inject a little bit more sport into into your week. Exactly. Um, you said night of nights just before. I'm having a look at the Brownlow novelty bets. Night <laughs> of nights, a sure bet at a dollar and one cent. <laughs> <laughs> to be said. 
to be yeah. said at some time during the broadcast. <laughs> what's, the, what's the next one? Give us give us the top five, Max. What was top it I'm five? asking? Because I've just said it about four times. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Um, so we had Night of Nights. Um, after that, at a dollar and two cents, we've got Dusty. Dollar yeah. five cents. We've got Mullet. A dollar and eight cents. We've got he had a much better season than me. Um, <laughs> and then rounding out top five at a dollar ten, we had it would be nice to win, but. <laughs> Real opening ceremony vibes with Bruce and all their Bruceisms that that oh, he. Well, yes, speaking of that, Winks is at three dollars twenty-five. So they've learned. They've learned from the Olympics because Winks managed to sneak in at about fourteen there, and 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 I think a few punters went home pretty happy there that Winks got a got a mention in the human Olympics. Oh yeah. You just mentioned Olympics twice. That's sitting at $2.75 at the moment. <laughs> you know, I was watching I was watching the NFL. Uh, sorry to, to cross codes, but we will get to it in just a moment anyway. And gambling off your phone has only just become legal over there. So now you're getting saturated with all yeah. the, the sports books. Um, you know, they're, they're advertisements over there. And we are leaps and bounds ahead of them, obviously, with the markets that we have over here. <laughs> in, in just You can just pretty much punt on anything over here, can't you? That's it. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. So <laughs> we'll, we'll, I'll be interested to see how that goes uh, for a sporting-wise. Um, you know, I don't think it's going to impact the sport, <laughs> but you never know. Corruption is a massive thing, and we will see. But... Uh, Speaking of the NFL, I think we should get stuck into the NFL. Uh, week two preview, uh, we did have the Thursday night football game today. That was between the New York Giants and the football team out of Washington. Uh, it ended up being a pretty good and pretty good close match, um, less defensively-wise. Uh, I think, it, what did it finish up? It was 29 to 26. 29 as one point, I think, 29-28. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of uh, blokes are thinking. Bet the unders here. Uh, Washington's defense, especially their front seven, quite renowned. And uh, and the Giants' secondary, uh, you know, with the likes of Jabril Peppers and James Bradbury, uh, Logan Ryan. A lot of people have been talking about them having one of the better secondaries getting around. And that actually ended up turning out to be a, a bit of a shootout and a really entertaining Thursday night football game. When I looked at this on the draw, I kind of thought, ah, oh, you know, take it or leave it. Um, and and I, I was on the edge of my seat the whole whole game. I feel for Giants fans. This was a very New York Giants way to lose a football game. Uh, they they jumped off sides uh, in the in the uh, game winning field goal attempt from Dustin Hopkins. He pushed it wide right, uh, but because of the offsides, re kick. Puts, it actually it started quite right again the re kick but it, it just went through and the football team get the home win uh, a massive win there uh, the Giants had actually won their last four uh, matchups against the football team uh, Daniel Jones had never lost to him so there's one for you uh, he was looking he was looking like Lamar Jackson out there you see him uh, had a few quarterback design runs out there he had a touchdown he he, he should have had two one went back on a, a dubious yeah. holding call. Yeah. Uh, and what what did we make of uh, Tyler uh, Taylor Henneke, I should say, in his uh, first start for the football team? Well, he must have watched Derek Carr last week because it didn't matter if Scary Terry was double teamed or triple teamed; it was just throwing the ball up to him. 
Um, he's just like, I'll put it in that vicinity and hopefully he'll come down with it. Because uh, I think he had, what, 19 targets for 11 catches in this game. Something ridiculous. Yeah, over 100 yards and a touchdown. You had him in your top 10 receivers, I believe, of last year. I I thought, yeah, he was an honourable mention, but not in my top 10. I think this year he definitely has to come into my top 10. Uh, and you can tell he's he's obviously the, the wide receiver one by a long way there uh, at Washington. But this, this was a big result because this division – is notoriously close. It's notoriously bad. Um, so, so big implications out of that game today. But for for me, don't didn't have a horse either way. Was just happy to see a really entertaining game of football. Yeah, Monks, you might need to fact check this for me, but I think the Giants have started zero and two the last four years in a row as well. Um, so a bit of carton vibes there. Um, so, uh, but it, it was also interesting. Giants should have won this game. One, they had that holding penalty of Danny Dimes to bring it back. Then I think he had Slay open with about, you know, no one within 20 yards of him. Yes. Just over three, I reckon. I think Slay oh. was done by that. He should have caught it. It was just out of his reach. It was close. Nah, but. Nah. Well, I was having this argument in, uh, in I mean, another fantasy league, boys. I'm two timing <laughs> uh, this year. The, the first time I've, I've done two fantasy leagues. Um, I don't think this is overthrown because if you get two hands to it as a receiver and there there was no one in his postcode, you you gotta you gotta catch that ball. You gotta catch that ball. Agreed as well. You you can go back and say, look, there's no one there, so he doesn't have to put it out in front like that. But for mine, it it was like it was on the fingertips. He fully extended arms. Like I think it was more on Danny. He could have uh, pulled that one in and gone, oh, this is a gimme, and just lobbed it up to him because they were gonna score that. No such thing as a gimme in my golf game. I'm putting I'm putting this one on on the receiver. All my football game, I probably would have dropped it, dropped it too back in the day. But that was the position that I played. Any, yeah, anything in the end zone for you was drop city. So, well, well this actually wasn't in the end. Zone. This, this was this was about ten yards short of the end zone. And on top of that, if this, if we are comparing to myself, uh, this would have been twenty yards overthrown me because I wouldn't have had the speed to be there. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, Anyway, let's get let's get stuck into some other games. Uh, there's a few divisional battles coming up, and we start with the uh, Patriots taking on the Jets first off. Uh, what did we think of Mac Jones taking on the Finns last week? Pretty good, pretty good there in the Bama Bowl uh, against his old teammate Tua Tungavailoa. Uh, really close game, a really quite interesting game. Um, I, thought, and, I definitely like that and like what Mac Jones was doing for them. Uh, yeah, you've um, you've got him as Rookie of the Year, don't you? Uh, I, th- I think he definitely well could be. Uh, he's pro- probably main game competition might be Zach uh, Wilson, who then played for the Jets as well on the other side. Because um, I'm not sure the running backs. Um, I don't think will get enough carries, and maybe one of the wide receivers like say Jamal Chase um, after his big weekend potentially is on track. But I think with the quarterbacks and those two getting starts, they could definitely put up some really good numbers. Um, and Zach Wilson wasn't too bad in that loss to the Panthers there. Uh, yeah. Uh, he had Corey Davis uh, had a big day. Yeah, I'm very thrilled to have him on a, on a fantasy bench. Uh, <laughs> I'm happy that I picked him up because I was thinking a lot of guys are sleeping on this guy Corey Davis. He's 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 tall, he's built, um, he's obviously going to be their wide receiver one, and it seems like him and Zach Wilson are, c- are connecting 
pretty early on. In terms of this game, though, he's going to get Steph Gilmore. So I don't know if that will uh, be a favourable matchup here. And again, look, the Jets weren't bad last week against the Panthers, but I they're still the Jets. I think the Patriots win this one. Yeah, I'm going Patriots here too. And uh, Mac Jones, it looks like he's already got a bit of chemistry with um, Smith and Henry as his tight end. So they, they're looking like they're playing that um, Patriots offense of uh, yesteryear, I think 2011-2012 um, kind of designed there. So uh, they're, gr- they're Gronk and the murderer days. Yes, yes. Uh, so I've, I've picked Patriots in this one. Thanks. Tips and odds? Yeah, I picked Patriots. I'm just bringing up the odds now. So you're right. The last time the Giants had a win in the first two games back in 2016. Mm. Well, I'm um, sure that's five, five years in a row of Ireland, too. Yeah. Um, so Patriots are favourites leading into the match. They are $1.38 at the moment. New York Jets are th- out at $3.05, and we have a line of six or five, rather. A bit yeah. too short, I reckon. $1.38 away at the Jets. Um, yeah, I don't know if we'd be punting on that. Before we get in the All next, right. uh, Monks, is it a little bit warm over there? It is a little bit warm. <laughs> and I want my second beer. <laughs> <laughs> You're very red there, my little man. Um, mm-hmm. Get a bit of that flush. <laughs> I am. It's a, small, it's a small study. It's really warm. He's finally grown into his moustache. You don't, get it, like, you don't right. get it like you just get it. <laughs> I can't talk. Well, I'm all orange today, so there you go. Um, <laughs> I, I can't talk either. My my uh, skin might not change, but the dribble definitely does. Uh, <laughs> we're all cut from the same cloth, let's be honest. Yeah, we are. Let's see if I can change up the lighting. Yeah, that no, that looks much that, better. That, yeah, dim the lights. All right, there let's go you go. <laughs> it's um, just the lighting. That's, that's the old, it is. That's the old yeah. stripper technique. Just turn the lights off a little bit. And you probably added two just points to your lighting. Just chuck on some of that, that mood lighting. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, let's talk about some Broncos and Jags. Um, my Bronx did beat uh, the Giants last week, and after the way the Giants played today, I was very imp- like it, it was an impressive win, and then I think even more impressive. Um, but they do take on the lowly Jags, who. Uh, we're beat bad by Houston. And what was it, 38-3, I think, the score in that game or something? Um, uh, they, they scored a few late. So I think uh, it was 37-21. Um, but but it was it was like it was over early, uh, yeah. this one. Obviously, the probably the big story was Trevor Lawrence's first start, uh, the number one draft pick, football Jesus, uh, and also his first regular season loss ever. So... Didn't lose in regular season in college or high school. Um, but, yeah, he's going to have his, his work cut out for him. It wasn't so much him as that Jaguars defense. They were bad. They were they were really bad. Tyrod had a game. I don't know how, how to make of that. If if Tyrod is, is that good or if it was just a function of the Jags defense being really bad. And an interesting thing here was uh, James Robinson, who uh, was – you know, the, the pickup, the free agent of the year last year, made the NFL top 100 uh, just. He was he was number 100. Um, he barely got the rock in this one. It was all Carlos Hyde. Don't know how much to make of it. Um, Sean, you obviously would have watched a bit of Denver 
but you, you said you're pretty confident with them. You'd yep. think they take business pretty well here against Jacksonville. Yeah, I do. I just want to go back to your point on uh, Carlos Hyde. I think they the, the reason Carlos Hyde getting the rock a bit more, well, getting on the field for steps is just because of he, the style of play that Trevor Lawrence plays. Uh, James Robinson's a between the tackle, pound the rock uh, under centre, whereas Trevor Lawrence has more spread the ball out and passed to the running back. Carlos Hyde is the better receiving back for the two. So uh, potentially that's why he could be a sneaky good pickup for uh, fantasy fans because, one, the yeah. Jags are going to be behind a lot and need to pass a lot, uh, and they're going to need the receiving back in that backfield, which is Carlos Hyde, which is the reason why they drafted um, Etnian um, in the draft for their first round because they needed uh, some receiving back to put in their backfield. Yeah, and very sadly... Uh, you know, not available uh, through through to that season-ending injury, and um, yeah, we've we've seen a lot a lot uh, of running backs go down already, um, especially so, and especially if you're in the Ravens team. Uh, so, yeah. Broncos for me on this one. Um, the Ravens curse. We'll get to them in a second. Uh, yeah, Broncos here. Uh, I'd love to know uh, the odds there, monks, if you wouldn't mind, and your tip. Yep. Uh, yeah, I've gone Broncos as well. Um, they are favourites at $1.35 at the moment. The Jags are out at $3.20. And again, we've got a line of five. So very similar odds to that Patriots-Jets uh, game. I'm more confident in the Broncos than, than the Patriots. Yeah. yeah, I think there's a bit juicy, uh, some of those uh, numbers you got there, James, especially Lawrence threw three picks in the last game. Um, and I think Broncos' D is a lot better than... Uh, what um, the Houston's D's currently is. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, especially mm-hmm. Von Miller back two sacks last week. Hasn't left, baby. Yeah. Welcome so to the Bron- NFL, Trev. That's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Broncos plus 14 is three, $3.06. Minus, minus that? Minus 14, yeah. Uh, that was plus 14. So 1 to 13 is $2.43. Oh, for, uh, yeah, we're there. Okay. Yeah. So, next game, Bills taking on the Dolphins. Uh, Bills did have a bit of a shock loss to the Steelers last week, which was Monkey's pick. Uh, yeah, Monkey, yeah. you, you got this. I was listening <laughs> back. You didn't really have any sound reasons for, for the tip. But, look, Steelers with Big Ben is, is different to with Mason Rudolph. And I think a lot of people had kind of – uh, underestimated that, and also that mm. what they went eleven and zero last year before the wheels came off. Yeah. I think they a lot start, of people start hot, so they've yeah. Well, yeah, then they healthy start and uh, not worn out. They start hot. Yeah. yeah. Again, I think this was one of the ones last week where, like, the odds were on Buffalo, but the fans were heavy on on the Steelers, mm. um, and it just that seemed to be the way it went. Really. Big time. Yeah, I should listen to you and fucking put fifty bucks on the Steelers. <laughs> I was confident with the Bills going to the AFC Championship game last year and Josh Allen having a career year. Yeah, um, yeah you, you you can't write off uh, Pittsburgh that uh, AFC North. Uh, well, we were talking about a different game, but uh, yeah, the the Steelers were very good. Um, the Dolphins just just getting uh, over the Patriots. Uh, AFC East divisional matchup here. It is in Miami. I've got the Bills to bounce back here. I think they go down and get the win there. Uh, but yeah, less confident after what 
we saw last week. A lot of people had the Bills right up there again this year. It is only one game, uh, but I, I think the Bills just here. I'm going Bills as well. Potentially, I think they might do a little bit better than you think, Peppy. Uh, but um, as last week kind of showed, uh, the NFL's very much worked out how to have high-scoring close games and to produce a really entertaining product. Uh, so I think, yeah, they're pro- again, points probably in this one, uh, but uh, close, and I've gone Bills. Tips and odds, Max? Yeah, yeah, I've gone Bills as well. Um, they are favourites at dollar fifty-two. The Dolphins are out at two dollars fifty-five at the moment, and we've got a line of three total match points of forty-seven. So the bookies reckon pretty close score. Uh, yeah, pretty close one. Yeah, I I would have thought the Bills might have been a bit shorter than that. That's very interesting. Mm. Then we roll into the next game of the 49ers taking on the Eagles, and the Eagles are probably the talk of the town at the moment after a red-hot start to the season um, and the only team in their division to have won a game so far, uh, besides the one today with the two playing each other. Uh, the 49ers, on the other hand, uh, did start off well as well, They did, but they were playing the, the Lions, and they did take a massive lead, but almost bottled it in the process. Uh, but, but, of course, both teams coming off a win. Eagles looked awesome against the Falcons, who have no defense. Um, so think of that if you will. But this game will be interesting. But I think the big note here is we've got to shout out the big Australian for getting paid at left tackle, um, big Jordan. Uh, I think he gets, what, what were the numbers? Uh, 60 a year, 80 guaranteed or something. No, 60 guaranteed, 80 potential. 60 guaranteed, yeah, over, over four years. Yeah. So so he's locked in for 15 million US, US. Uh, and then there could be up to 80 with uh, with incentives. So we, I put it to you in the group chat this week. I was thinking, geez, that's got to be one of the highest paid Australian athletes ever. It's hard to find a comprehensive list. We have been doing our research, and it is kind of also difficult between uh, bonuses and endorsements. We, we've got him third. We've got him third uh, in terms of Aussie athletes uh, on the earners list behind Danny Rick, uh, who we spoke uh, we spoke about, or we will speak about later in the show. Uh, a lot of his is incentive based, and uh, and Ben Simmons um, in in the NBA. I, I think Jordan Mylotta is the, is the third high, highest paid Aussie athlete uh, given this new deal. And and what a risk for him to to uh, you know give up on a promising uh, rugby league career. People were saying that he might be too big to play league. They didn't think maybe that he had the, 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 the like cardio. Yeah, well, that's right. You, who'd be that the heaviest player in the NRL these days? Maybe Junior Paulo. You know, he'd be about 120 kgs. Yeah, but he's and not six eight, so <laughs> that is true. That is true. But my my lighter is 380 pounds. So that's 157 kilos for for our Aussie listeners. So. So 30 kilos heavier and then some than, than the heaviest bloke in the NRL. Moral of the story is uh, it, it fucking paid off uh, because he now earns, what were we saying, uh, two, two salary caps for, for an NRL side? <laughs> yeah, he gets the same amount of money as two NRL teams in one season. Unbelievable. And, and he's been playing this for three years. So he's yeah. only- which yeah. bananas. It just it just shows he is a big man with uh, athletic talent, and he had the footwork. Um, he definitely translated what the 
had from rugby league and has gone over there uh, and shown that he can apply it. Plus, he's a enormous man. He's got the strength. Some of the highlights of his work from the game against the Falcons, uh, he was absolutely lighting up some of the defensive players um, and showing the boys how it's done. But, yeah, they've really uh, credited him as the future of the left tackle there for the Eagles, and he'll have to protect Hurts um, for the rest of the season. Yes, shout-out to Big Jordan. He's uh, he's making uh, two NRL uh, salary caps or, uh, as you'd like to say, the Sydney Roosters, uh, two bloke salary. <laughs> Yes, yes. Uh, depending on what books you're looking at. And it was also interesting, we had those three, and they're, they're very much clear of anyone else we could think of. Um, they probably got 10 mil on whoever's in fourth place. We did think about uh, uh, the guys over in NASCAR, uh, Will Power at Indy, some of the guys are playing soccer, uh, the girl, boys and girls playing tennis, and but they're well, winning some more. Party would have to be right up there. Um, yeah. but her, her career earnings... Uh, we're about 24 mil, I think. Um, so I think it was total, but yeah, but still yeah. that's, but in a calendar year, these guys are still earning you know, that equivalent. Um, so uh, yeah, and any of the local codes, they're very much a distant uh, dollar figure to what these boys are pulling in. Um, and you, you know what we didn't consider in this? The Aussie punters. The Aussie punters in the NFL are probably all in the top 10. Yeah. But that, that can be something for future discussion. But uh, anyways, the, the, the take-home message was well done, Jordan, uh, in, in three years going uh, from, from playing uh, junior f- uh, football for South Sydney to being one of the highest-paid Aussie athletes of all time and this Philadelphia Eagles side getting a convincing win last week. Uh, so, in terms of this game, you got something? Yeah, just yeah, a quick sure. Quick search. So the Seahawks uh, punter, Michael Dixon, he did sign a four-year, $16 million deal or 21 mil Australian. Uh, I think that was either the end of last year or the start of this season. So what does that work out? Quick math. Uh, it's three million. Four, four years. Four million. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, he'd probably be up there as um, in the, you know, in that top 10. So yeah, that's, it's, which is funny. You isn't it? Yeah. You got a left tackle and then a bunch of punters. Um, so, yeah. For those <laughs> AFL boys, if you kick fire, punting pays well. <laughs> and outside uh, of that, punt. the more generic message is just keep punting, boys. Just just keep punting. You, you're going to get – you'll get that bag one day. That's it. Um, I'm just having a look at Ash Barty now. So uh, this is 2020, um, but – Forbes ranked her as the third highest paid athlete, female athlete in the world, um, off the back of her earnings of 13 mil and 10 mil um, in prize money. So, yeah, you probably put her in fourth in our current list. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I suppose, yeah, I guess with tennis, it'd be one of those ones where it depends on how many uh, Grand Slams you're winning uh, while you're on tour. Mm Yeah. Yeah. Famously uh, went out very quickly in the recent US Open as well. Anyway. Another thing we haven't considered is the golfers in, in Cam Smith and, and Mark Leishman. But uh, yeah. let's talk about this football game and, and yeah. maybe maybe <laughs> maybe uh, down the track we can we can work out this this uh this list of Aussie athletes and their earnings. Uh both teams coming off wins. Um the, the Eagles Hard to gauge uh, against against a pretty ordinary Falcons team, but then on on the flip side, 
The 49ers nearly bottled this game uh, against a pretty ordinary Detroit Lions team. What do we see happening here, boys? This one is a bit hard for me. It's at Philadelphia. Uh, I don't want to pick the Eagles, but I'm going to pick the Eagles. Okay. I, I like it. I like that. I, I do like that. I've, I've gone the other way. I, I think the 49ers sort of got complacent last week. They had a massive lead and and gave up a few points in garbage time, essentially. I still think they're not a bad side. Uh, flip of a coin, but I've gone the Niners. Thanks, Tipson. Yep. Um, I have also got a 49ers. Um, no real confidence with that one either. The odds are, so they, their favourites, $1.60 at the moment. Eagles are out at $2.34. Uh, and we've got a line of three. That is too short for mine. I won't be punting on that. Mm. Uh, in the city, the city of brotherly love there, uh, hostile crowd, hostile fans. Um, I think, yeah, the, the, they are. They should be favourites, but it's no no sure thing there. No. Um, I suppose, well, 49ers, I guess what hurt them last year was the injuries, and they haven't had too many so right. far. Well, more right. sets out. Yeah, yeah probably right. the biggest one. Big one. Um, for the year, for the year, it yeah. seems. I picked up that Eli Mitchell, uh, his backup. All talks were that Trey Sermon, the rookie running back, was going to be the number two there. We didn't really see him, and we've seen this uh, this Eli Mitchell. So I'm hoping, as a fantasy owner, that uh, that he continues uh, in a Shanahan offense. Who knows? Uh, the the running backs uh, seem to get treated like playing cards, essentially. Um, but yeah, an, a very interesting game here. Yeah. Before we get to the next one, Manly have scored two back-to-back tries, uh, 36-6. That game is done. Yep. Done, Manly. Going through to a preliminary final. Still 30, still 30 minutes, minutes to go. Yeah, we like, I like to heap shit on them, um, especially as a Dragons fan, salary cap, <laughs> sombrero kind of chat. Uh, but a, a team to have lost as many uh, blokes this year to injury and and you know forced retirement. Shout out to them for going as far as they did, um, and 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 also I'm happy to see see Manly go through. Uh, just just as a Turbo fan, not a fan of the club by any means, but uh, interesting to see what Turbo might be able to do next week in a prelim. So back to the NFL. The next game we have is Rams taking on the Colts. Rams were good in Sunday night football as expected, um, with crowds at SoFi Stadium is unreal. Uh, that is an excellent football ground too, by the way. Yeah, six, uh, you know, I think they spent six billion on it, or eight billion, or something. It's not like there's a homeless problem in Los Angeles or anything. <laughs> I love it. That went into the football stadium. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, the Colts, on the flip side, went down to the Seahawks. Wentz did play in that. The interesting news for the Colts is uh, Hard Knocks is going to do an in-season. Um, show and they're following the Colts around. So it'd be quite yeah. interesting to see how that goes. It'll be in a fly on a wall within the season. Yeah, first time they've done that. Is the Cowboys one going to be done and then they're, they, they're going to jump over to the Colts? Is that how it's going to work? Yeah, I believe so. I believe that's the plan. Um, Did you guys watch the Cowboys? I know it's a, a different game, but we're on the on the subject. Man, that the cut day, oh, <laughs> I, I'm no Homer Simpson here. I, I, I couldn't be... Cutting people like that, they get you just yeah. just so invested and 
Oh man, just the cuts. I was oh, it was hard watching for me. But the, then you've got the practice squad. They still get paid handsomely, I guess, compared to a regular person uh, to be on the practice squad. Mm. But yeah, pretty hard to watch. And and uh, another insight into how cutthroat the, the business is. Well, they get paid more than yeah, first grade. Some most of the first graders in the NRL. So yeah. true, true, yeah. Uh, what do you think of this? 250. I looked it up. It's about 250 Australian to, uh, to be on a practice squad. Well, I think it's, uh, veterans get more. I think it's 300k minimum for veterans on the Australian on a practice. No, no the US dollars. Uh, doesn't matter. We don't need to talk about semantics. Semantics. semantics yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about this game. And I think the Rams are better than the Colts are at the moment. Um, Colts, I think, just need to find their offensive identity with Wentz over there at the moment. Whereas Rams, mm. Stafford just walked straight in that building and they just look good. Um, so, I bet his, his first throw ever as a Ram was that big play action and and just went deep, put it on a, on a dime. And I think his passer rating was like per, it was like perfect for the game. So an absolutely stunning debut for for Matt Stafford there. I agree, Sean. I think the Rams are the better side here. I think the Colts are. Uh, Maybe a bit better than the Bears, um, and it is in their house, uh, but I've got the Rams. Thanks. Yep, yeah, I've gone Rams as well. Um, they are uh, finding the odds here. They are favourites, $1.52. Um, the Colts are out at $2.55 at the moment, and we've got another line of three. Mm-hmm. Close games. Interesting that AFC yeah. South, because the Titans were pretty dismal, and uh, and the Colts not looking great. They may be on track for an 0-2 start here. So maybe the AC South kind of getting a little bit of NFC East vibes uh, about that division. Yeah. Mm. Next football match we had was the Raiders taking on the Steelers. Both those teams won in upsets. Uh, the big talk for the Raiders um, was the unbelievable game of uh, Darren Waller, uh, the baller in this. Uh, didn't matter what coverage he was in, Derek Carr just – threw it up, and he managed to come down with it more often than not. Uh, I think, you know, having to win that game twice on Monday night and then also having the the pick come off a helmet uh, was such a wild ending to a football match. Uh, But in this one, I just think the Steelers and that defense are too good for what the Raiders put together. I'm pitch Steelers. I like the pick. I just want to go quickly back to that Monday night football game because that was one of the craziest games in recent memory. Yeah, it looked like the the Ravens had, had done it all with a, a big Lamar Jackson. I think he had ran for 29 yards on a third down and long to get them into, into field goal range. And then the Raiders managed to get a field goal to take it through to overtime. And then it was just a comedy of errors in terms of turnovers and drop balls and and just, just re- utter ridiculousness, really. Uh, there was a... a who, who was it that nearly, nearly scored and he, he got tackled, you know, a foot out? For, was it Brown? For the Raiders, yeah. Was it, Brown? Well, it, was, it, was, it wasn't Watkins or Snead. I'm pretty sure it was Brown. It had to be Brown. Yeah, poss- possibly. And then there, there was, like, essentially um, everyone on the field shaking hands and yeah, shit. They're like, done. no, 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 we've yeah. got to Go back and, Coach and is have running a, back to the locker room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Go back. And then then the Raiders turned it over from oh, the sorry, one yard. It's Raiders. It's um, Braylon Edwards. That's who was downed. That, yeah, that's who it was, Braylon Edwards. Yeah. Uh, 
and they um, they had to try and punch it in from the from you know the one yard line, and they turned it over, and he thought, fuck, fuck me, what's got this is a game that just keeps on giving, and then the Raiders finally finally got home. Uh, and and again, like the SoFi Stadium, um, that that Alley uh, uh, Allegiant Stadium there in Las Vegas on the Las Vegas Strip, um, their their first game with crowds that looks fucking sick, boys. When we're allowed to travel in the year 2050 or, or whenever it may be, uh, I, I I think I've got I've got the first weekend planned. We we fly into LA. Uh, so far, stadium is about 15 minutes, give or take LA traffic's two hours perhaps um, from 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 the airport. <laughs> we go in there, we we catch a game at SoFi. There's a there's a casino across the road from that, uh, and then hopefully we can line it up to be at uh, Allegiant Stadium, uh, which is on the Las Vegas Strip, um, the next day <laughs> or that weekend. I've got it all planned out. We we we, we will be about 70. Yeah, I was going to say, Pep, so I was just like, I'm 100% Possibly. with you. Uh, do the quick math. How old will we be? We will be 70. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, these are codgers will be rocking up there to uh, to watch some football. Um, Mate, probably I'm going to drop it out there. By then. No, 70, will be, out there. 70 will be in the new 40. Don't worry. We'll be all jacked up on stem cells and shit that's not legal right now. Marky's going to have, a, like, a full beard. Like, he's going to be like, <laughs> check this out, boys. We've been working on this for fucking 50 years. Uh, yeah, it's going to be good. I'm going to have – my back's going to be about 90 degrees because I'm, you know, I'll be tall and frail. Um, <laughs> I can't. A little, little bit of incentive here. We've got a Bucks party for me. I've got a plan next year, so. Oh, open them borders. <laughs> uh, let's get back to this. You said all this stuff about the Raiders, Peps. Uh, did you pick them? No. <laughs> yeah. uh, no. No, I think the Steelers, the Steelers at home – Hey, and let's go back to what I was talking about before in that Steelers-Bills game. I was saying that a lot of people are sleeping on, on the Steelers, uh, that they're, they're a good team. They've got one of the best defences in, in the NFL right now. It's a tough ask, I think, for the Raiders to go to Heinz Field and win this. I've tipped the Steelers, uh, but the Raiders won't be bad, I, I don't think. Uh, Monks, the odds and the tip, if you wouldn't mind. Yep. Yeah, um, so I'm doubling down this week on on this tip. Um, both tips and fantasy. I've gone the Raiders for the win. I've Error. dropped, yeah, I've dropped the Steelers as my defense for fantasy. So I'll be coming back here next week completely regarding that. Um, Steelers are favorites, a dollar thirty-five. What are you thinking, man? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I did pick up the Patriots D against the New York Jets, so. Uh, streamer boy over here. Streaming, streaming the defense. Oh. <laughs> Two defenses and then wants to stream. Like, <laughs> I'm not talking about yep. the fantasy tip. I'm talking more about the tip in this game. Why do you think the Why Raiders can go to Pittsburgh and get a win here? I honestly don't know. I don't know why I've done it. Which is exactly what I, you I said last week against the Bills. And, and, you, and, you, and you got it. it. So, so maybe there's it a is. bit of method to the madness here. <laughs> I think maybe. Um, look... Yeah, the Steelers, I mean, yeah, they did play well last week. They did beat the Bills. I probably wouldn't rate the Bills all that highly anyway. Raiders seemed electric, like we were talking about. I don't know. I don't know. I I just thought it was an uh, okay smoky for the week. I could be regretting this 
severely though next week. We'll have to wait and see. Once smoky work last week, I suggest all <laughs> listeners put your house, wife, your kids on the Raiders to win. Yeah. What were the uh, odds? I'm glad man? you said it. I didn't. Um, yeah, so Steelers are favourites, dollar thirty-five. Raiders are out at three dollars twenty-three. The line is six. Um, total match points is forty-six. Mm, I still like the Steelers. Anyways, moving <laughs> forward. Yeah, we've got a bunch of chances that will run through. So the next right. one, we got a Bengals Bears. Uh, Bengals coming off OT win against the Vikings. Vikings look a little bit dismal, I thought. Uh, Joe Mixon, uh, with no competition in the backfield, had an absolute field day. The Bears on the flip side went down to the Rams, as talked about there. Um, they did run the ball fairly well. Also, uh, this is in Chicago. Not sure. I think I actually picked Bengals in this. I think I went a bit of an upset um, for me. Are the Bears favourites? I would have thought this might be pretty close. Uh, I'll go the Bears here. Uh, I I don't think they're that bad. They were just behind the whole game against the Rams, which which hurt. Uh, They were able to move the rock with David Montgomery. The red rifle, Andy Dalton, wasn't too bad. Uh, look look for Justin Fields to just get more and more involved in Chicago's offense. Uh, he scored twice. I, I think. Say again? Did he score no, twice? And you got one. 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 Yeah. He had one, one, rushing, one rushing touchdown, a few completed passes, yeah. um, and they were just kind of, you know, bringing him in as a as a red zone or third down kind of threat. Um, I, think, I think this would just be a slow passing of the torch over to Justin Fields, and I think it will be his team, say, week four, week five. But yeah. in terms of this I, one, I it is hard. I've, got, I've gone the Bears. Thanks. Uh, split the difference. Who are you picking yep. on odds? Yeah, I've gone Bears as well. They are favourites, um, probably one of the closest ones of the week, though. Um, they are sitting at $1.75 at the moment. Bengals are out at... a. Uh, two dollars eleven, and we've got a line of two. Yeah, a bit, bit of a uh, coin flip in that one for mine. Uh, mm. Moving forward to one which should be pretty clear cut, you'd think, uh, in the Texans and the Browns. Look, a lot of people are shitting on the Texans, saying they're the worst team in football uh, leading into the season. They looked really good. Uh, Tyrod was excellent. Mark Ingram got a lot of ball for them. Um, I don't know if it's the Texans being good or the Jags being bad. Maybe a little bit of both. Uh, and the Browns, I tell you what, they, they nearly went to Kansas. They nearly went to Arrowhead and knocked off the Chiefs. They're, they're the real deal. They're the real deal. The AFC North is fucking stacked. Um, I think at home, in, in the dog pound, the Browns get the job done here. The one one thing I wanted to mention from this one was no OBJ. I just checked. I just checked. He's ruled out for this game as well. Do you know what the injury concern is? Oh, I can double check for you again. Because it, it seemed very late, and yes, I just it was. I'm uh, just not sure what's going on with OBJ. Jarvis Landry was good. Scored a really tough touchdown on a on a end around. Um, against against the Chiefs, in which he, he broke a few tackles to, to get in. Uh, Baker looked pretty good. Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney, um, that they'll, they're forming one of um, the better tandems in the NFL in terms of a defensive pass rush. Have you got any news there on OBJ, Sean? Uh, still says he's recovering from that left knee injury, which I think plagued him last year. So, obviously, uh, 
he maybe through camp and running in the preseason, it's welled up a bit and they're just managing it and trying to get him right. Um, a game against the Texans, you probably don't need him. And yeah, yeah. I think Browns by a lot. Yeah, fair. I've gone Browns. Um, yeah, line might, might be a bit more interesting than than the head to head here, but who knows? Everyone's been everyone's been sleeping on the Texans and they went out and they they won a no, so who knows? Thanks. Mm. Um, yeah, I've gone Browns as well. They are favourites, um, one of the heavy favourites for the week. At $1.14, uh, the Texans are out at $5.75, and that line is 12. See, that is that is very, very short for mine. I do think the Browns win that, but I won't be touching that line for mine. Let's head over to the NFC South. We've got uh, two teams coming off wins the Saints and the Panthers. Uh, the Saints were really, really good. They were actually outsiders against my pack. Uh, Jameis Winston, we were having a laugh about him last week, 30, 30 et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, how about this one? Uh, 20 passes, five touchdowns. Uh, that's, that's a pretty good bloody bloody effort. I think it was 14 completions as well. So. 14 completions, yeah. So one in three uh, completions were a touchdown for Jameis. They're... Their running game, they ran the fuck over over the Packers. Uh, obviously, Avin Kamara, but uh, this Tony Jones coming along as well with a few handy runs. And we spoke about it last week in our preview. I mentioned their defense being sneaky good. I'm gonna, I need to refine that. Their defense is good. Their defense is good. Um, the Pack, we'll get to them in a second. They were horrendous. Uh, the the Panthers, uh, and Sean, you shouted him a beer. Christian McCaffrey, he's back, baby. Uh, the number one uh, pick off most people's fantasy uh, boards. And guess what? He was the number one uh, fantasy running back this week. He catches the ball, heaps out of the backfield. He, he got in for uh, – no, he didn't, even, he didn't score a touchdown, actually, I don't think. So he – he, uh, he he went off without even finding the end zone. I think he had about nine catches and, and a bunch of yards. Um, so so he is back, baby. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he didn't score. Um, I, I think uh, I lost a multi perhaps on that. <laughs> um, what are we thinking here, boys? I imagine the bookies have got the Saints uh, pretty handily favoured after what they did to the Packers. I'll, I've gone the Saints. Um yeah, yeah. Saints as well. Um, I think it's going to be a good game of footy, though. Um, it, 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 it could be. It could be. Let's not get – look, we've got only got one game of football to go off, right? Yeah. The Saints destroyed yeah. the defending NFC uh, – well, not the NFC champs, the, the, a team that made the NFC championship game. <laughs> okay. The Saints destroyed them. The Panthers just got over the New York Jets. So let, let's consider that. I, I've gone Saints, and I think the Saints win uh, there in Charlotte. Thanks. Tips and odds? Yep. Um, yes, just back on McCaffrey. So he didn't score a touchdown, but he led both rushing and receiving yards for for the Panthers. Um, so Saints are favourites. Not too heavy. Fairly similar odds to some of the other matches we've got, we've previewed already. So they're favourites at $1.51. Um, Panthers are out at two dollars fifty-eight, and we've got a line of three. I I like I haven't liked too many of these odds so far. Uh, I did tip mm. the Packers to beat the Saints last week, so take what I 
uh, say, with a grain <laughs> of salt. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I don't mind the Saints at, at that value there. Mm. And that and that's all the early games there on Sunday. Let's whip through the late games on Sunday. The Vikes take on the Cardinals. Uh, the Vikes went down to the Bengals in overtime. The Cardinals, they smoked the Tennessee Titans. Chandler Jones, he had five sacks, if you don't mind. Um, and Kyler looked really, really good. We we had spoken about it last week, about that NFC West uh, being very strong this year, and the Cardinals look like the real deal. I've tipped the Cardinals here at home. I think they win this quite comfortably. Yeah, I agree. Cards by a lot for me. Max? Yep. Um, I've gone cards as well. Um, they are favourites at a dollar. 51. Um, Vikings are uh, out at $2.58 at the moment, and we've got a line of three. That sounds tasty to me. Yeah. Uh, the next matchup, uh, Falcons are taking on the Buccaneers. Uh, Bucks, big favourites, of course, here um, after their win over the weekend. Uh, return of AB and Gronk uh, for the Buccaneers. They were very dominant in Tom Brady. I think we covered that in the last body as well, how excellent they were in that game. Uh I did, and Max has just added the note here, Tom Brady uh, put a vid out on, I think, his socials after winning in the background and had the uh, 3 to 28 is the time on one of the clocks um, to like come back to the, the their like winning. screensaver in the background, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, he's a competitor. We all know that. Uh, <laughs> against the Eagles. I don't think there's much to talk about in this uh, Bucks by a lot. Yeah, Bucks. I'll, the only thing I'm interested in is the line. Yeah, Bucks. Mm. Uh, yeah, obviously Bucks as well. They are favourites, dollar thirteen. Falcons are out at six dollars and five cents at the moment. We have a line of twelve. Oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah. The, the Eagles just destroyed them, uh, and and this is in Tampa. Mm. Either can. Yeah. Uh, total match points of fifty-one as well. This is sort of in line with that. Yeah, I don't um, think Falcons can score enough points yeah. to get to that, though. No, I agree. Uh, but but Bucks with that line, I I, I love that. Yep. Uh, the Bucks Titans... secondary. Sorry, just back on that. The Bucks secondary did look a little bit susceptible um, against the Cowboys. Um, so whether that plays into it against the Falcons, um, obviously Matty Matty Ice. Uh, I'm not too sure, but. Yeah, I don't think Cowboys, it Cowboys receivers are probably a different beast than trying just to cover Ridley and uh, Pitts. Um, that is true. Yeah, and <laughs> I think Bucks secondary all of last year was susceptible, uh, but they played pretty well when they needed to. So it's only the start yeah. of the season. We'll see how they go. Um, they did lose true. Sean Murphy bunting, didn't he? had a compound fracture of his humerus. It was quite nasty to yeah. see. Um, but I, I agree with what you said there, Sean. I think the Cowboys offense is is the real deal, uh, and I've I've got a little right. side bet with Nate. I think I think the Cowboys win the NFC East um, just quietly. But yeah, the, that Falcons defense is horrendous. I think the Bucks do this easily. What one that may be a bit more interesting uh, is the Titans at the Seahawks. The Titans were very disappointing last week uh, against the Cards. They couldn't get the running game going with King Henry. Uh, their defense was leaky. Uh, and um, the, the Seahawks had a, had a really nice win against Indianapolis. Russ was cooking. Tyler Lockett went off. DK looked good. Um, this game's in Seattle. I think the Titans start the season 0-2. I imagine the bookies have got the Seahawks as favorites. 
Um, I, I think Seattle wins this one. And I agree with you. Yeah, I think Seattle, they're a better team. Well, I think they're both pretty good teams, um, but Titans, mm. usually they, they always play better towards the end of the season. They start sure, off a bit yeah. slow, uh, whereas the Seahawks mm. and Danger Rust, they usually start really hot. So, yeah, I'm going to go Seahawks here. Um, yeah, I've gone Seahawks as well. Um, exactly the same sort of sentiment as well as obviously at home uh, with 12th man. Uh, you can't get past them. They are favourites at $1.33. The Titans are out at $3.35, and there is a line of six. Very short there, the Seahawks. Very short. I don't know about them at those odds, but, uh, yeah, they, they should be favourites in that game. Um, we we were talking just about the Cowboys. They faced the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, they they were valiant in that, in that Thursday night football game on opening night. Uh, Amari Cooper, we had him uh, on the Insta on the Instagram, a little little meme courtesy of uh, my mate Ashley Watts. Shout out to you if you're listening. Um, uh, obviously, Amari's been listening to the Esky and hearing me trash talk him say he's not a top ten receiver. Uh, he went out and had an absolute night. I think he had thirteen for hundred and thirty odd and two touchdowns in that game there. The Chargers had a had a uh, a bit of a defensive battle against the Washington football team and came out with the win. This one I think will be close as well. A very interesting matchup. I, I'm putting my my eggs in the Cowboys basket this year. I, I'm on them. I think I as I just said, I think they win the NFC uh, East. I think their offense with with Dak back uh, fully functional with CD Lamb looking unreal and Amari Cooper obviously being a pretty good receiver. Um, and they didn't even get the running game going last week. Uh, I've gone the Cowboys here. Yeah, uh, I've gone the Cowboys as well. And you make an interesting point there. And I think actually a lot of games have shown that the the running game has kind of changed. It's very pass-oriented to start the year. With yep. like, you, you, you now can go like three deep on your wide receivers. Like number three wide receivers are scoring bulk points for your fantasy teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think it's kind of shown that, hey, the – that three wide receiver set and then the running back who can take a curry or potentially catch the ball is actually heavily favoured now. And for every game I've watched so far, that's kind of teams that are winning. That's the mode they're kind of taking. And that fits very well for what the Cowboys want to do with, um, you know, two first round picks at wide receiver and a second rounder as well. They've got a really good um, trio of wide receivers there. I think they score a lot of points and I pick Cowboys. Um, I don't mind what the Chargers do, but I just don't think the Chargers are there yet. Um, team's still looking to add a few pieces to rebuild. You did you did mention the trio there uh, for the Cowboys. I think Michael Gallup uh, has sustained an injury. I think he'll be out for a little bit. Uh, so it might be Cedric Wilson coming in to be the third man up there uh, for the Cowboys. Um Look, we're going to see SoFi Stadium again, and uh, with the Chargers playing, uh, we might see it being a quarter f- a field. So uh, <coughs> that that might be reminiscent of, <coughs> of the COVID era. Monks, uh, your uh, your tip and the odds, please. Yep. Um, so I have also gone the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Um, they are they're actually underdogs here. Uh, Till is fifty eight. Uh, charges are a dollar fifty-one, and we've got a line of three. Um, what do you boys think of that? Get on the Cowboys. Oh, that's juicy for mine, but also mm. the Cowboys. We we 
talk about the Giants losing in a typical Giants way. The Cowboys love to disappoint as well. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. But 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 with a health, healthy Dak and um and that that offense, uh, you know, the, we we spoke about the receivers. We spoke about Zeke. The the thing we haven't even mentioned mm-hmm. is the offensive line being one of the best in football. Um, against against a pretty reasonable Chargers defense, uh, it'll be an interesting interesting battle. But I'm surprised that they are uh, that uh, that long at two dollars fifty something. Um, may, maybe if you maybe if you wanted to give them a, a head start, um, that might be a way to punt. Yeah, it did actually remind me that Collins, their right tackle, did get suspended for a couple of games for performance enhancing substance, I believe. So he's actually yep. going to be out and off their line. Um, Terence Steely comes in as their replacement for them, uh, but yeah, they, still have, they still have an excellent offensive line. Like I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, uh, well, I think they can score points. They can score fifty in this. Um, I don't think Chargers D so good, and they've got talent there. We'll be able to hold them to enough to keep the Chargers potentially in range of scoring points in this. I just want to real quickly touch on Dallas's defense as well. Um, obviously, last year, they're pretty susceptible scoring. Um, what do you reckon this season? Do you reckon they've turned the corner? I know Micah Parson Was that a um, had yeah, uh, seven tackles, a couple of solos, um, pretty good outing for his first regular season game. He, he will be a stud. Um, Demarcus Lawrence wasn't bad. I think um, they're, they're his hand or his foot as well. Yeah, Tr- Trayvon Diggs. I think he's coming along. He's a second rounder out of Alabama. He had a pick last week. I I think they're a bit better than than what they were last year, and they were horrendous. So so not hard to be better uh, than than they, <laughs> than they were. Um, Marks, have you got the overs? Are they under overs in this game? I imagine the Cowboys. Being able to score some points, and then the charges against that susceptible Dallas D. I'd, I'd yeah. be interested in that. So let's go back to Marcus Lawrence did uh, broke his foot in practice oh. week, so he's out six to eight weeks. Okay, that that is a big, that's a big out. That is a I big think, out. To answer your question, James, I think they've got pieces, but they're just not there yet. And you saw that kind of against the Tampa Bay mm. Buccaneers. Like they're they're better than they were last year, but they're just yeah. they're not there in the the top ten of defenses. Um, they were going up against one of the most stacked offenses that's ever been assembled, and and didn't get <laughs> didn't get embarrassed at all. So I thought it was a pretty good defensive effort. Yeah, um, that under's over is fifty four. Oh, see, the bookies know <laughs> that is a high that is a high total game points. So I don't know if I'd be touching that. I was keen for anything under fifty, but uh, yeah, that that maybe be a, a little bit too much for my likings. <laughs> Anyways, boys, let's move into Sunday night football, the game of the round. Can we? Can we yeah, agree definitely. On that? Uh, the the yeah. Chiefs uh, at the Ravens, um, a, a big, big match up here. That it was sort of uh, we we spoke at ad nauseum before about uh, the the Ravens and the the Raiders game. Uh, the Chiefs kind of did the opposite. They they pulled one out of their ass. Uh, the the Browns led for a lot of that game. And uh, and Mahomes uh, was doing Mahomes things. Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey were looking very good. Water was wet. Um, the Ravens they probably they would have looked at that round one game uh, against Las Vegas and probably had in their minds that that was going to be a W. Um, it's a massive ask for them here on Sunday Night Football. Uh, I've gone the Chiefs. They had a a great game last year. These two teams. 
um, going at it. Um, yeah, Chiefs, Chiefs for mine. I went the upset and I picked the Ravens. No, no real, real reason, but I just think this will be a high-scoring close game of footy, I reckon. Uh, yeah. But I just, yeah. just wanted to see the Ravens win. Probably, you know, divisional bias here from me. Um, but yeah, I'll go. <laughs> Well, every every team in the AFC West, every team in the West actually winning, yes, which is pretty crazy. Eight teams with the NFL resembling the NBA of late, uh, with the with the West being quite dominant. Um, Monks, the the Ravens would be uh, would be outsiders here. You would have thought. Yeah, yeah, and I think a lot of it would probably be off the back of the injuries to the running back core. Um, I suppose they've probably got a couple of weeks to settled that one down and find some rhythm with that. Um, so I've gone Chiefs as well. They are favourites $1.49. The Ravens are $2.64 at the moment. Still going to be a close one. Uh, the line is three and a half. Um, total match points, expecting a few touchdowns at 54. Yeah. Big total match points. That's interesting, uh, mm. that that line only being three with the with the Chiefs at $1.40 something. So that might be something I'll, I might consider. Uh, let's move through to Monday night football. Uh, the Packers take on the Lions. Uh, the Lions, we spoke about their uh, unbelievable comeback against the 49ers. It just wasn't quite enough. And my Packers and my fantasy teams, uh, because I invested heavily <laughs> in them in both my fantasy leagues, uh, <laughs> double Aaron's, um, one word, disgusting, um, to be honest. Uh, Rogers in the in the post game presser, he was saying, "Look, it's just one game. Uh, I think if you look back in the scores last year, I think the Saints destroyed the Buccaneers um, in a, in a regular season game last year. So maybe take take of it what you will. A lot of the blame getting put on Rogers. He was putrid. He looked like a man that um, had not played a preseason. Uh, I think I sent you boys a text uh, this week saying uh, that Marcus Mariota had more fantasy points than Aaron Rodgers did. That coming coming off one run. Uh, well, I, I think that I think the joke was of um, Aaron Rodgers was the 35th quarterback um, uh, QB scoring, uh, considering there was 32 starters. It was three off that. Four, yeah, yeah, three of them. Yes, three of them. Big mass, big mass. Yeah, yeah. and. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron Jones did absolutely nothing as well. Uh, look, we spoke about it before. Credit to the New Orleans Saints. Their defense was excellent, and they were they were able to run the football. When when you win a game and you only throw 20 passes um, as convincingly as they did, you're obviously doing the old school things right in football in being able to run the ball and play good defense. Um, look, it's the Detroit Lions. They're at home. I think that they bounce back big time here. Uh, I, they were embarrassed last week, um, and I, I think the Packers come out and beat the Detroit Lions here. I don't know if I've got a little bit of personal bias uh, there. I imagine the bookies uh, tend to agree with me, um, but that they'll want to make a statement. They were embarrassed last week, and uh, that they'll want to put away their divisional rivals here in uh, in in round two in prime time. Yeah, I'll give you some confirmational bias. I've picked um, the Packers as well. Uh, what did the bookies say, Max? Yeah, so I've probably put the curse on the Packers. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you can't put the curse on the Packers in this game. Um, they are favourites at dollar fourteen. Curse on is to say you can't curse them. Yeah, exactly. 
That's it. That's it. Um, yeah, the favourite is dollar fourteen. Lions are out at five dollars seventy-five. The line is eleven. Um, yeah, and I do have to hate to twist a knife while it's stuck in you there, Peps. But Marcus Mariota also injured himself on that run, so you could you could say that an injured Marcus Mariota outscored Aaron Rodgers last week. <laughs> My fantasy teams. Um, I'm hoping Rogers has a big bounce back, uh, and the, and the Packers get a job done here. If they lose to the Detroit Lions, then uh, we, I think we need a serious. They <laughs> are uh, as a football team. Let's let's hope it's a it's a, a one off uh, abnormality. And with that, that'll finish off NFL for this week. Um, the I give an update in the NRL. Uh, Manly have won 42 to six. Uh, well, I think there's about there's about 30 seconds to go. I think in that match, yeah. they've won quite handedly. Uh, Roosters, uh, off they go. Good season all around. Um, yeah, yeah. You got to commend, got to commend the Roosters and Trent Robinson and um, you know whoever's doing their dodgy books over there, uh, you know. Uh, no, but in, in all, all seriousness, uh, a reserve-grade side essentially for a lot of the year um, to go this deep is, uh, is you know, you got to commend that. Uh, Manly, it makes you wonder, uh, are Melbourne that good? Um, or did Manly just have an off week last week? They're through to a preliminary final. Um, they they won't get Melbourne. They'll, they'll get South, won't they? Um, and then uh, the winner of tomorrow night's game uh, between Penrith and Parramatta will get Melbourne. Uh, But, yeah, that'll wrap up our NFL chat and, um, yeah, a little bit of NRL news there, leading us into the final round. Ding, ding. Yeah, and that'll kick us off with the the UFC and boxing, and there was one boxing event over the weekend. Uh, Let's refer to it as the old-timers boxing event. uh, (laughs) Because Ad Holyfield taking on Belfort, and um, Anderson Silva taking on Tito Ortiz. I think all of them were over 40. Belford oh, yeah. Uh, well, the longest uh, of the, the lot. And I think he's still over 40, 44. Yep. Yeah, um, like 40s. Uh, Belford won with a TKO in the first round, and Anderson Silva won with a knockout of Tino Ortiz, also in the first round. Uh, what did you boys make of this, uh, of this event as a whole? And uh, maybe the... Should they have even uh, have, um, authorised or not legalised, but um, allowed this uh, event to go ahead? The uh, I think it was in Vegas, the Vegas um, Athletic Committee. Yeah, I was saying to you guys pre-show, it's pretty close to abuse, I think, with um, with Evander Holyfield. He's in great shape for his age, but the bloke's 58. Like that's that's our old, you know, that's our parents' age essentially. Um, and and it makes you question where boxing is as a sport. I, I think I made the illusion to you guys. It's kind of getting a little bit of the WWE feel about it, where it's more about entertainment. It's more about just trying to get big names and making some money rather than the actual sport itself. Um, I didn't I didn't watch a whole lot of this. I, I caught the highlights, um, but. Yeah, and and the the other thing I suppose is is former UFC stars in in Vitor and Anderson Silva um, going across and making bank in in these boxing exhibition games uh, matches I should say it kind of it speaks volumes uh, as to the the fighter pay in the UFC as uh, compared to boxing but 
Yeah, no, you don't want to watch this. I don't want to watch a fifty-eight-year-old get get knocked out. It's 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 kind of sad in a way. I, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. So if back to me, like, um, especially with Belford, uh, potentially on all the source going into this as well. Like, he looked uh, pre-Asada, um, Belford being back there. Anderson Silva, I thought looked better, but Tito yeah. just looked so slow, and Anderson was just still yeah. had had that uh, electric pace with his hands and put Tito away like it was nothing. Uh, both yeah. of us called out Jake Paul. Um, that Everyone just wants to get that name and that media circus on there. And, money. Yeah, and, of course, that leads to money. I think it's interesting as well, you kind of bring up the UFC comparison. Um, I'd say that with these boxing events, they're putting them on quite regularly as well, whereas the, the big kind of boxing events you think of the heavyweights they've kind of been put on hold um since the you know uh tyson fury taking on wilder and then uh, anthony joshua getting his belt back from andy um ruiz uh like they've you know nothing well of course covid they they want to do it in massive stadiums with full crowds so they've sat on it for a year whereas these guys are gone fuck it we'll just show all this shit on the internet um so to make money like who, who cares and it's hey it's, it's, wor- it's working because because we're talking about it and i'll say to you guys pre-show could you name 10 boxes currently off the top of your head like i think uh, after you, you you go through your heavyweights and your your tyson fury and your anthony joshua and your deontay wilder and then you get Nello, uh ruiz you mentioned before you know you start getting pretty thin uh you know manny pacquiao and, and floyd mayweather uh, up over the hill Whereas if you want, if we wanted to start talking about UFC fighters, we'd talk about a hundred right now. Um, so, so I don't know. Is it a statement as to where boxing's going as a sport? Is it is it heading towards that exhibition money grab uh, kind of kind of um, setup? You know what? What the saddest thing for me was in this one was Holyfield. He I remember watching him, you know, as a youngster going up against Tyson and, and being a, a world beater, being a killer. It, it was kind of like, you know, when you go to the zoo and you see a you see a tiger or a lion, you know, that's it's just in a cage and you know, maybe it's a bit older and it's a bit washed up or whatever. That that's kind of how it felt for me. It was it was kind of a bit sad. And look, look, the bloke probably made a bunch of money. Hats off hats off to him, but uh a far cry from from the former champ, you know, heavyweight champion of the world. Yeah, well, there, there's no doubt Holyfield in his prime kills Belford within a minute. Like, oh, of course, there's of absolutely course. no doubt of that. But yeah, fifty eight Holy, fifty eight year old Holly Holyfield is a completely different beast, and a bit bit yeah. bit sad. But you know, the other old boys, Mike Tyson, um, etc., going back out there and um, you know, <laughs> looking the old, like the old uncles fighting at the the cookout. Um, it's, as Luke <laughs> likes to say, the difference, the difference being Tyson looked okay. Like Tyson looked good uh, in that in that exhibition uh, a few months ago, where whereas Holyfield just he couldn't, he didn't look like he could defend himself really. Uh, but yeah, again, look, that you go out there and you're 58 years old and he's in impeccable shape, and you take a few shots and make a few million bucks. Maybe we're the idiots. Yeah. Well, if we switch across to the other combat sport, um, we've got Anthony Smith taking on Ryan Spain uh, this weekend uh, in the light heavyweight division. That's really the only big fight on that fight night card. Um, Anthony Smith, he's 
gatekeeper at this point is kind of where he's sitting, whereas Ryan's coming through as the the up-and-comer. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, Anthony Smith really needs a bounce back um, in this one. Uh, but I'm unsure of how he's going to do that. Spain's been really good, um, not with a couple uh, good finishes to get him, get him into this space. But the big one, of course, is UFC 266, and we'll preview that more next week um, when we uh, do the next week's potty. Um, we've got, of course, our boy Volk on that, taking on Ortega. Um, and I think the strawweight uh, women's title is also on the line for that too. So that's looking like an excellent card. Um, actually, and a, a bit of time between cards as well, which, uh, you know, gets you that little bit extra horny for it. And, and obviously Volk uh, testing positive for COVID. You know, this fight was meant to happen uh, a while back. So a lot of interest, uh, especially from Australian fight fans in this one. Yeah, you did actually remind me that Jack Paul did offer Amanda Nunes um, uh, like big money to fight uh, Amanda Sarah, who's like a double or triple um, yeah. weight division boxing champion. So um, that would be quite interesting. Uh, but again, yeah, we'll have to wait and see what happens there. And we will preview UFC 266, which is a completely stacked card, but we'll do that next week. And Monks, yeah. what's the final note you've put there for us? Um, yeah, so sort of came out today so i think um some of the details are still coming out but um tim zoo who was um trying to shape up a fight against tony harrison sometime later this year um on his way to that mandatory title bout next year um so tony harrison pulled out of um contract talks at the last minute um so zoo has managed to um lock in a fight against uh tiaki um Inush, hang on, I've got his name Inu here. Um so he's ranked number one in yeah, he's ranked number one in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um so they're gonna fight seventeenth of November. Um so Tim Zhu's sort of putting his title hopes on the line here. Um Yeah, so that's that's gonna be happening mm. quite soon. Yeah, big for Australian yeah. boxing. Be interesting to see yeah. how well, he does that one. A yeah. big few months for Australian fight fans in general, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. No, definitely, yeah. Well, we always get stuck into the F1. I've got to duck quickly off for, for a week. We'll be back in, in, a, in a minute. All good, all good. Uh, scheduled wee breaks there for Peps. Uh, we've got to talk about <laughs> one. Uh, it was the second sprint race of the year. Um, Bottas was a real winner in that, uh, but also the McLarens mm. did really well to move into position. Unfortunately, when it came into the race, Bottas uh, changed out his power unit, so he had to start last, which then promoted yeah. Max Verstappen and Danny Rick, our boy, um, onto pole position. Um, but what a race for Danny, Danny Rick, um, Danny Ricardo in this. Uh, mm. He got he got uh, he got Max uh, Verstappen at the first corner, uh, what and a then huge start, yeah, yeah, huge start, really good um, get go, kind of caught Max and caught Max napping in that regards and then led basically the entire race from start to finish. Um, he was threatened by Max continuously. Um, they managed the pit stops well enough. And then Lando and him, you, he, you know, drove the rest of the race out front uh, with no real challenges um, from the others behind them. Bottas did yeah. after starting last did finish third uh, in this race for an excellent job. Uh, he looked yeah. like he had the fastest car by far out there. An absolute rocket ship in the overtakes um, there at Monza. Uh, mm-hmm. But in the end, Danny Rick, he won. He got the fastest lap. Uh, first 1-2 for McLaren in eight years or something. First win, 
for uh, Danny Rick in since 2018, I believe. And we yes. got to see the Shuey one last. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and the scenes on the podium were absolutely crazy with uh, Danny Rick doing Shuey, making Lando do a Shuey. Uh, the team principals up there doing Shueys and getting absolutely drenched in <laughs> champagne. And then Bottas uh, did a good job hiding out the back there. They didn't get forced to drink a Shuey. Um, from uh, Danny's very, very dirty, dirty feet. Uh, <laughs> what did you think of the race overall, Monks? And then I think we'll probably talk about Max and Lewis. Yeah, um, we'll actually start with the sprint. I might get your opinion on this as well. Mm-hmm. So um, leading into the sprint, um, I'm talking about Pierre Gasly here. So he qualified yes. sixth for the sprint race. And then yeah, during the race, he crashed out, which subsequently um, left him out of the main race, um, which means no points scored for him. There was a little bit going around in the social media, a little bit heat of heat on the sprint race, um, saying that it caused a little bit, either A, it's causing a little bit too much of an unnecessary risk for drivers who, if they crash out, means they can't race in the main race, and B, because of that, it sort of just becomes a little bit of procession where you don't have any overtaking the sprint race. Whatever happens in qualifying to sprint is just going to be the result of the sprint race anyway. Um, I don't mind it. I like it. I think next year with regulations, if there's more opportunities to overtake, I think it would make more sense. Um, what do you reckon? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. There's always going to be a risk with the race and having a sprint race that there as you lose, um, you lose someone. Like it was Gasly this time. If it had been... Max Verstappen or Lewis Hamilton, I think there'd be even more uh, drawback um, on social media about, hey, the sprint race. Potentially, they could do it earlier so that the cars could be fixed instead of trying to fix them overnight to get them ready for the race the next day. But then you, you're you increasing your race weekend or do you switch it to the sprint race early and then that gives you your top 10 for qualifiers and then that's rejigged, whatever. I don't know. Um, but I think you hit the nail on the head there with um, – uh, the the closeness in the new regulations coming in next year. If you watch some of FP2 now, or if you watch uh, some of racing from yesteryear, uh, um, I was just watching the Schumacher uh, documentary film that they just released on yeah. Netflix, which is quite good. It takes a bit to get going, but you know once you get into it, like it's it's an excellent kind of uh, take on his career up to the point where he has his um, very devastating accident. Um, mm-hmm. In that, but also covers like his battle with Senna as the 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 goat at the time of sport, and here's the young tiger coming through. Very much reminded me of Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen currently, but it's it's definitely a really good one to get the history, especially for us. You know that transition into Michael Schumacher. Michael Schumacher as the dominant F1 driver was our childhoods in motorsports racing, um, and what we kind of remember, especially his dominance of five championships. Um, at, at Ferrari, like it's crazy. He won two um, in '95 and six, I think, or '94 and five from memory. Then six, seven, eight, nine. Um, he switched to Ferrari and they didn't win anything. And then he goes on to win another five championships to get his seven. Like it, yeah, it's. Uh, he could have stayed at the team he was at, and they potentially could have won a couple more, and then switched to another high-performing team. But he chose the challenge of going to Ferrari and rebuilding the program to get him up to that that point and then absolutely dominate yeah and they hadn't won a championship since 71 i think it was so it was like it was really crazy you know 30 years uh, between drinks for them and all on the back of michael schumacher so great That's film yeah. i highly recommend you guys go watch it is that on netflix 
Yes, it is on Netflix. Yeah, Netflix. It's yeah. a it's a movie. It's not a docu series. No, uh, it's, it's, it's it is a documentary. It's just a one. What yeah. one? Yeah, it's a it's yeah. a it's a it's a movie, but it's yeah, documentary. You get yeah. you get. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, um, that was really good. Um, I also just want to. I don't know how much you can talk to this, but just bring it back to supercars as well. I'm not as versed as you are, but they obviously have sprint races as well. Yes. Um. And that obviously works for for supercars. Um, comparison between supercars and F1, I guess, in that regard. Uh, well, you're talking open wheel race cars versus an open cockpit versus enclosed chassis cars. Uh, that can bump a lot more. I think it's a big difference. Um, and they're probably not to the pinnacle or high level stress of technology of motor racing as well. So you can put it, you can bin a car on the wall and they'll re be that car overnight and it'll be good to go next day. Like you yeah. can very confidently be able to do that just knowing of how they're built and how they're put together. That, that is doable. Um, yep. F1 car is a lot harder to do. There's a lot of carbon pieces. There's a lot high stress um, and, you know, smaller margins of error within that. Uh, that's mm. why they spend hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars to build these cars. Um, so, and yeah. They, they just look fucking totaled when, like, when an, an F1 car has a crash and you look at the aftermath, you just go, Jesus, how is that going to get rebuilt? Whereas, a, you know, yeah. a, a closed cockpit car, like you see, uh, you know, in the, in the Australian, uh, you know, in the in the supercars, you, they, they have, have a big crash and you kind of go, oh, yeah, well, there's some panel beating that needs to do them, but they, they don't <laughs> look as bad, to, to my untrained eye, at least. Yeah. That's so it. It, is, it is different, but I, I guess my point being, if, if the regulations change, you might not need the sprint race because the idea is we want more racing, we want more competitive racing. Um, and you saw it in this, in this race, especially at Monza, that, hey, there was second gaps between everyone, um, mm. And they were kind of, they didn't form a complete train, but there was train elements to it where they were just following each other. Whereas, as my comparison, you look at FP, uh, FP2 or um, you look at the races from previous years, you'll have a car wheel like behind, you know, the the rear, um, no, sorry, the front spoiler is basically touching the rear wheels and they're following each other like that through corners constantly because they just don't have that super bad downforce requirement which they've got now so you know some of those regulations to limit the error and then also clean the airflow off the cars potentially mm. could mean that cars are on each other's tails for a lot longer you get a lot more um, close wheel-to-wheel action um, it'd be interesting to see how that happens because in all those other ones they also don't have curves or uh, drs um, to <laughs> enable them to help do takeovers so with those two yeah. things new regulations it could be overtake city next year we have to wait and see um, yeah, how that goes. So I finish. Yeah. Let's finish up with this race. What do you think of Max uh, versus Lewis? Who did you have at fault for this crash? I think everyone's seen the crash during the week. Um, yeah, with uh, them crashing each into each other on the uh, fourth corner over the chicane. There. Uh, what were your thoughts on this? That's Michael? it. Yeah. Um, well, it's been a bit of an F1 week for me. So um, obviously we had the Schumacher um, documentary on Netflix. I watched that. I also went back and watched um, the F1 movie Rush. Um, yeah. Good movie. So yeah, good and- movie. Um, obviously we've, um, sorry, so Schumacher. Um, What's the one with of- Stallone in it? Um, well, you, you keep talking. I'll see if I can find that one. Yeah. Um, so Schumacher That's- documentary, obviously, um, with aspects of Senna. Um, and to quote Senna from 30 years ago, being a racing driver means you are racing with other people. And if you are no longer 
go for a gap that exists, you are no longer a racing driver because we are competing. And put quite simply, I think that's what Max Verstappen did. Um, he obviously saw a gap there um, on the weekend in that um, one-two corner, the little chicane there. Um, at the end of the day, he probably is at fault. He could have pulled out of that out of that um out of that corner at the last second. Um, Lewis did take his line and ran pretty wide through the first corner, which then set them up for that second corner where they crashed. Yeah, um, yeah I think it's that's racing. Like you got to be competitive. I think that's what we want to see. Yeah. Um, we talked the last couple of weeks about how dangerous the sport is and how like you it's rare to have a season where someone doesn't die or have a crazy accident and not that you want it's to rare. see death that. death is now more rare but crazy it accidents is. are still definitely happening. yeah yeah no definitely um and we talk I about mean, yeah. the halo in this one like the max's rear wheel basically sitting on top of 100 um, lewis's helmet like his head yeah. without that halo that's you know potentially doing serious damage to his neck and uh, helmet, uh, you know, his head area. Uh, Do you think that was life and death there, Sean? Like, again, I'm not no F1 expert, but I, I feel like without that halo, then Lewis could be in real trouble. Yeah, well, it depends on how much weight's sitting on that that car. You, the cars, I think, weigh between six and 700 kilos. Uh, mm. You know, per wheel, that you divide that forward, depending on the angle, force, blah, blah, physics. Uh, but potentially, yeah, there could be 100, 200 kilos coming down on, on oh, Lewis, which is still a heavy amount of mass. Um, yeah. I know Lewis definitely does his gym work, but he's not there doing bloody neck rolls with 200 kilos. I can tell, give you that much. Uh, he, does, he doesn't have NFL linebacker neck, let's put it that way. No, exactly. So, um, yeah, it's it's one of the things, you know, maybe some of the stuff, like even if it was an older car, some of the other things might have helped lay it off. but. With these cars now and how big that tyre is too, there's a mm. lot of surface area and potential for this kind of stuff to happen. Um, the sausage dog yeah. curbs, which are big curbs, are kind of forced to the bouncing up. They might even revisit what, what they kind of look like because of course something like this. But I think Monk's hit the nail on the head. You know, you want close racing in this, and that was kind of my sentiment. Uh, Max did get a three-place grid penalty for the next yeah. race, so they, they kind of found him at fault. But I think you answered it. It was like Hamilton... Could have given him potentially more room there. Uh, Max could have potentially um, eased off and given him the corner and tried to get him on the next corner. But they're five points, seven points difference between the two of them in the championship. They're the loud and out favourites. They're trying to win the championship. And occasionally they're going to crash into each other because they're fighting so hard for that position. And this was just the circumstances like, uh, what was it? Red Bull had a shit pit stop. Um, Hamilton and Mercedes had a slower pit stop and that put them right next to each other. Hamilton rejoins for yeah. the pit. They're fighting for that first corner, knowing very much that whoever gets probably this corner or the next one is going to be uh, out there then challenging the McLarens for the win of this race. Um, so you can see that how how cutthroat it is in the sport and that's what you want. You want close racing. And like I said, occasionally this shit's going to happen. They'll step over each other. That movie, they, I think, they have five points uh, oh. difference between Verstappen yeah. and Hamilton. Yeah. Um, um, and that race I was thinking of was driven with uh, uh, slices. Uh, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, just, yeah, I just want to reiterate, like, glad to see Lewis got out of that crash relatively unscathed, a little bit of sore neck. Um, I hate to see 
the championship runners, um, Bauer, the race like that. But again, it's good racing, I think. It's, it's part of the sport. Um, if you're a again, McLaren and uh, Danny Rick fan, well, Landon Norris fan, you well, didn't mind too much. Big yeah. points trying to cement their third position in the championship. Um, and, yeah, I don't think that either one of those will compete for the driving champions um, by the end of the year, but it's still a long season. Anything can happen, and this can potentially be the start. And I think it was pretty cool, um, especially after watching the Schumacher story, uh, some of that stuff with McLaren, because Anton Senna was at McLaren. He did win. Uh, in Adelaide at 93, Danny Rick was at that race. Um, so his uh, yeah. trophy for this, he put next to um, Senna's trophy uh, in the McLaren headquarters. But then also yeah. you got to think McLaren, uh, Lewis raced for McLaren uh, through uh, Schumacher's heyday. They had Mika Heikkinen in there as also winning championships. Like McLaren's a, one of the biggest teams has been around for years. Um, in history, sport. Yeah. So uh, for them to finally get a one-two after you know, being down in the dumps for so long after Mercedes kind of separated and took their engines and their program and split out and McLaren had to kind of restart their program. It's, yeah, been pretty impressive. Interesting you mentioned Danny Rick being in that race. He must have been about bloody three years old. He, I don't know if we'd have any memories of it. <laughs> yeah, he's same age as us, I think. He would have probably been four. Uh, yeah. there. 89, yeah. Same, same age as you, old farts. I'm a I'm a spring chicken here. I'm a not <laughs> vintage here. So yeah, 89, 93. Yeah, he might he might have been four. Yeah, actually, back on Danny Rick and those that salary talk we were talking about before. I forgot to mention, um, before he moved to McLaren, um, his old deal at Renault had him at 41 and a half mil a year. Yeah. Um, so like he took a, a huge pay gap um, pay um, decrease to get to McLaren, but. If he was at Renault, yeah, he'd probably be, yeah, the highest earning Aussie sportsman. Yeah. 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 And I think he was fourth, third or fourth highest paid driver last season as well, being at Renault too. Like he's uh, behind the, the Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen as well. Mm. Um, final note, and it's talking about next season, Stroll and Vettel have confirmed they are staying at Aston Martin um, next year. Yeah. No surprises there, I don't think. Yeah, but retaining those guys. Yeah. Well, Stroll's dad owns the team. Vettel, Vettel probably. Yeah, I mean he's not going to another, another um, team. Uh, he's not going back to like this, say, Red Bull, Ferrari, that sort of stuff. There's no other spots for him. All right, you wouldn't see a up and coming driver take his spot. Um. Great. Can can I interrupt you, Monks? It's a great point yep. you make because in FB2, the current leader for FB2 is an Australian uh, mm. and he's yeah. <laughs> potentially struggling to find a position next year. Um, oh. Running second as well, has significant financial backing, uh, so he potentially could get an F1 seat, but it's, it's filling up very quickly, which is <laughs> unfortunate. So um, the young Australian, yeah. unfortunately. Get yeah, the bloke's name. name. I'm just seeing if I can find it very quickly. So I think Guan Yu Zhou, the Chinese racer, is also trying to vie for a seat in F1. Uh, man. That might be one for you to look at. Has there ever been a Chinese um, F1 driver? question. Not off the top of my head, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah casual fan here, I can't think of one. Australian. 
Ah, uh, Oscar. I don't have no idea how to say his last name though. <laughs> He'd be twenty currently. Big O. Yeah, Big O. Uh, he is racing through the Alpine Academy, um, mm-hmm. and they've already confirmed Ocon and um, Alonso for next Alonso. year. Yeah. He potentially could replace Alonso. I think they're thinking is they wanted him to be a year away, but he's been so good in FP2, he's kind of forcing his way in. And I think in the last many, many years, the winner of uh, Formula 2 has come straight in, uh, you know, winner of that championship's come straight into F1 the following year. Um, Mick Schumacher, I think, was last year's winner, and he's come through. And then you've got uh, Williams, Lando, and Albon, who uh, were probably two years before that even. Um, but it's interesting. As you mentioned, Vettel, of course, big hero, Michael Schumacher, and then Mick Schumacher, that yep. history there and the, and the kind of relationship they have and then Mick has with his father now and the, they, you know, their passion of motorsport and, um, you know, the tragic accident and not being able to live through that. It's, uh, yeah, it's quite interesting. Yeah, that's it. Um, Oscar Piastri is, um, is that yeah. fellow? Thank you. It, yeah. Um, and yeah, Guang Yuzhou is coming second, and he seems to be linked with Alpha. Um, mm. Looks like Giovinazzi might be on the out. Um, That's the one. Yeah. 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 So we'll see what happens next season. That's F1 news. I uh, don't think they've got a break now. There's no race this weekend. The next race. Yeah, Ru- Russia's coming up in two weeks, is it? Yes. 26th. No, that'll be next weekend. 24th, 26th, see you next weekend. Break this weekend yeah. and then, yeah. All right. Tennis. Peppy, your best mate. Um, yeah. Didn't, didn't <laughs> oh, my favourite athlete in the world. Well, obviously, we're talking about Novak Djokovic here, uh, you know, outstanding bloke. Uh, he, he had an opportunity to do something that hadn't happened since Rod Laver, wasn't it, that we were looking at? Uh, in winning all four Grand Slams uh, in in one year, um, and he, he well he didn't bottle it. He he got beaten by the better bloke on the day, which was Daniil Medvedev. Um, shout out to the young Russian winning his first Grand Slam, uh, and Novak. Unfortunately, I think this is the third time that he's he's won three in a year without being able to win four. Uh, no love lost uh, for me. Um, not a big Novak Djokovic fan in terms of his off-court <laughs> antics. Uh, can't argue. Can't argue with him on the court. Uh, his record speaks for himself. But uh, the big thing here was uh, he, him, uh, Roger, and Nadal are all tied on 20 Grand Slam wins. So he could have gone outright first in most Grand Slams ever won. Uh, you'd imagine he still gets that um, that title. It just uh, it wasn't to be uh, on the weekend. It was a good change of fortunes as well because I I had thought about this. Uh, Medvedev uh, did lose to Djokovic in the Australian Open final, so he did. He did. So um, yes, yeah, he's this one. Yep. And um, look, I, for for me, uh, I'm not a massive tennis fan. I, I get around get around the majors. I love the Australian Open. You know, it's around Australia Day. It's the the time of the year where most people are off work. It's hot as fuck. Uh, <laughs> you you want to you know just sit back with a beer and, and and watch the tennis. 
Um, but for mine, probably getting over seeing the same guys every single time going out and winning it, and it's completely different in the girls, which we'll get to in a sec. But uh, outside of guys called Djokovic, Nadal, and Federer, not too many guys win uh, Grand Slams, um, you know, in the last sort of 20 years. So so good to see the new Medvedev um, get the win there against the Joker. Um, Sean, what do you reckon? Does, do we go out and see the Joker next year go out and, and cement himself as the best male tennis player of all time? Maybe. I was. I just did a quick Google with the the oh no, quick math in my head with the four Grand Slams a year, um, and with the sixty between those three, they would have won fifteen um, years worth of Grand Slams between yeah, the three. It's, it's ridiculous. So it's it's hard it's hard to think of a sport where you, where you've seen just a few blokes dominate for for two decades. Yeah. Um, it's 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 not really comparable. It's. I don't know. And again, individual sport, um, you know, hard to compare with, with team sports. But, um, yeah, essentially anyone that's followed tennis, male tennis, over the last 20 years, um, you, you're pretty used to seeing one of those three guys win. So so for, for mine, as a, as a bit more of a casual, I uh, don't mind seeing Medvedev win that one. Tell you what. His his hairline is struggling. I don't know if you guys have seen uh seen oh, poor poor Danny's hair. Um, uh, that that one might be uh, a bit of an Andre Agassi uh kind of look in the next few years. Uh, if if there's <laughs> one thing of note there, uh, the girls. Um, if you don't mind, boys, we'll jump over to that. That was really interesting. Um, in that we had two unseeded girls playing for for uh, a Grand Slam final. That being uh, 18-year-old Emma Raducanu uh, up against 19-year-old Layla Fernandez, and 18-year-old Emma gets a, a Grand Slam win, her first ever, um, and, and really unprecedented here um, for, for for the British tennis player. She's uh, you know the champion of of the English press at the moment, and Lay- Layla Fernandez, keep an eye out from for her, the Canadian. Um, she'll she'll be around, uh, and I reckon a bit of a passing of the guard, um, perhaps. Obviously, we've got our girl Ash um, Ash Barty, the number one uh, ranked female tennis player in the world at the moment. But you know, Serena's probably done, um, and then you know, s- s- some of the older girls, uh, you know, that 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 we've seen dominate uh, chicks tennis over 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 the last sort of 10 years in, in your Sharapovas and, um, you know, a f- few of the Eastern European girls passing over the, the guard, I think, to, to the younger girls. Yeah, agree. I think Monks has just added in there as well that Dylan Alcott uh, did complete the Golden Slam. He won all four golds, uh, well, all four uh, Grand Slams and then also won a gold in the Paralympics. Uh, in the last Absolutely. Uh, dominant year from him as well. I think he and, might have done a shoey as well. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think he drank out of the cup. I think he was uh, watching one of the other ones and, yeah, yeah he pulled a sneaky sneaky beer out of his pocket, poured it into the cup and <laughs> drank yeah, it and then tipped he, it on his he, head. <laughs> these Aussies uh, that, that win, um, Bam Bam Tuivasa comes to mind, uh, Mark Webber, a big <laughs> proponent of the shoey. Uh, look, That's it. 
we, we punch above our weight in um in the sporting arena and definitely in the uh in the drinking beers out of weird places <laughs> arena too. That's it. Uh, um, I should actually also mention that uh Didi De Groot um also um wheelchair um tennis player uh got her golden slam as well. Oh. Yeah. So. Well done, Jason. Thank you. <laughs> let's wrap it up, boys. Yeah, let's finish with yeah. the Ramble soccer, the Ramble yep. football. The um, world game. The world game. Uh, we'll start off in the EPL, of course, and we've got to talk about uh, Ronaldo's uh, debut, f- well, re-debut. Return. 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 Yeah, return, return to yep. United. Yeah, return uh, back. Scores look, two goals. Uh, unbelievable. Brace, he scores the first, and uh, and then Newcastle hit one back, and then he got the next, and then they ended up running out uh, 4-1 winners in this. Uh, probably the, the most eyes on this game in a long time. Um, what, what, but, I found, what I found impressive was, you know, Ronaldo's first goal was more hustle, was all effort, like just being there around the goal, just tap it in there. But his second one was vintage him. Perfect run, uh, gets the three ball and just puts it away. There was no doubt he was scoring that goal. Like, you can see, you can see the the energy and the hype is all back around the club. And uh, you and Maka were talking about it a, a week or so ago about um, hey they could go all the way. And I think they've they've now got that you know that superstar that raises all boats and they're now just firing all cylinders. It'd be interesting to see how far they go. Look, you, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket and say one guy, especially at the age of 36 or 37. Oh, I that one guy's a goat. So. Yeah, well, that's true. And we saw what Tom Brady did with the Buccaneers, obviously different sports. But uh, I think I think there's a lot of hope uh, amongst United fans that, that this, you know, could could be the, the spark of something very special. Obviously, a historically very strong club, but uh, haven't done too much um, in recent memory. Uh, going far in, in any of the major competitions. Uh, we'll jump across to the other major competition quickly. Uh, they they did get beat by young boys in uh, in Switzerland in the in the Champions League, uh, but not not to worry. The first game, hopefully they can still get out of the, out of the group there. So so they go to the top of the table in the EPL. There's four teams there uh, on ten points. Very early days. Don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but um. But before the season started and before Ronaldo signed with United, all the chat was around Man City. I think they were paying about two dollars on Sportsbet to to take out the whole thing. So uh, so maybe United give him a, a bit of grief. And I think Chelsea with Lukaku back there, and you can't rule out Liverpool. I think I think we see an interesting EPL this year. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I definitely think uh, we're worried the City we're going to run away with it and be um, hot red hot favourites and just be champions. Um, but uh, yeah, it looks like they've got a few contenders, which is which is good. Is exactly what we want to see. And it was really nice. Uh, and you know, we we talk about Brentford uh, in back in round one getting that win, and and just seeing a really uh, a really nice win from a, a, a cellar dweller club, a, a small club like Arsenal. You know, uh, just just getting a win and, and getting off the off the bottom of the table. That'd be a really big lift for for their fans, you know, a, a tiny, tiny uh, club. No one expects them to do much. Uh, so so seeing them get off the bottom of the table and a, a win against Norwich would have been nice for their uh, eight supporters. Uh, um, Man City's still favourites um, at $2.10. Man United is at $7.50 at the $2. Load up, boys. Load <laughs> up, boys. Manchester's red. Manchester's red. The goat's back. 
at 750. Where is Macca when you need him? He'd be. <laughs> well, speaking of them, they do play the Hammers West West Ham on Sunday night, 11 p.m. our time. Uh, so it's a good time to watch the Ronaldo play some soccer. Uh, in other matches, Spurs did embarrass uh, Crystal Palace three uh, nothing, and no, no, no uh, other way, Palace embarrassed Spurs. Right. Embarrassed by yes, embarrassed mm-hmm. Spurs, and and they are, of course are now looking to bounce back against Chelsea coming up. Yeah, it's a North London derby uh, coming up. Tottenham obviously flew out of the gates, uh, winning their first three games, and then a really shock loss there. I think there might have been a red card involved in that one. Uh, but yeah, the the EPL is looking good this year, boys. I'm. I'm not – look, maybe I've got my red glasses on, but I'm not <laughs> sold on Man City being that short. I really hope for the sake of the league that, that it's a bit closer than, than being a $2 favourite. Yeah, definitely. Finished up with some Champions League. Pepe, um, who have we – we covered the, the young boys, of course, beating Yeah, up. the young boys, yeah, the the old the, the weird-named Swiss team. Uh, they're, they're definitely no sheriff out of out of uh, Moldova. Let's let's put it that way. Um, <laughs> got to keep an eye on Bayern boys. They yeah. they went over to Barca and won three 0 away. They're that, they're always good. Um, yeah. So so have to watch out for them. Obviously Barca, uh, you know, no Messi now. Um, possibly not the same side as that, what they used to be. Uh, yeah. Juventus were very impressive uh, with a three 0 win up in Sweden against Malmo. And City, uh, a 6-3 golf, golf fest uh, against Leipzig. Liverpool had a win over AC Milan. And shout-out to Laurie Daly. Um, he, he hosts, obviously, us as uh, rugby league fans, a Canberra Raiders legend, uh, hosts uh, the Big Sports Breakfast up there in Sydney, uh, early morning radio. Uh, listen to him, um, you know, trying to cover soccer. And uh, if you think we do it bad, Laurie can take it one one further. <laughs> as Ajax, um, as in, you know, Ajax spray and wipe. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, it protects and disinfects. Um, so the, the team I'm talking about, of course, is Ajax. Um, they, they went out and uh, and smashed Lisbon uh, 5-1. Uh, so Champions League football's back. Uh, the EPL's well underway. Um, and, and, yeah, like I said, Ronaldo back at United, it's it's... It gets anyone that's a that's a Red Devils fan a little bit horny for the season. Oh, definitely. Yeah, well, even EPL and soccer fans like, hey, that's one of one of the two biggest names in in soccer. Um, you know, from a goat status, um, and hey, he's back. He's in there, and you can watch him every week and playing in the EPL. You, you'd love to see that. Strange times. We you know we talk about uh, the Bucks and 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 Tom Brady being there. Uh, it was very unusual, um, you know, to, to see him last year going out in that jersey, and now we've got uh, we've got Lionel Messi and uh, Cristiano Ronaldo going out in um, in jerseys that we haven't seen um, well ever in in Leo's case, and uh, and for for over ten years in Ronaldo's case. So a bit of a changing of the guard. Uh, a few goats wearing different colours this year. Yep. And with that, boys, I think that's on the ski for this week. Um, thank you all if you've listened all the way to the end. As always, if you like this content, please consider subscribing. Drop us a like and comments. We do like to jump in and um, uh, respond to most of those and answer some of the comments, uh, especially the ones that are funny and they make fun of monks. Um, always. <laughs> or me or, or, or Sean or whoever. It's probably probably one of our favourite topics, actually. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, the comments during the week give a lot of humour for us. Um, we try to come up with witty comebacks for most of the week and fall flat. <laughs> anyway, thanks, boys. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. As always, we'll be back uh, next week covering all the sports on On The Esky. Uh, thank you all. Good night. Thanks. See you, boys. Enjoy enjoy the weekend, um, massive weekend yeah. of sport and um, AFL Grand Final upcoming. Can't wait.